Hello and welcome to the Fight Like a Girl podcast. This week I had the absolute pleasure of sitting down with the wonderful Sophie Nunes. Uh, we talk about all things LGBT plus related within the jiu-jitsu slash martial arts slash other sports communities. Um, yeah, it was a really interesting discussion. I <laughs> learned a lot and I just want to say at the very top that everything that we discuss are our own opinions and if you do disagree with anything then you're more than welcome to anyway it's a long one so strap in and yeah i really hope you enjoy and uh, we'll just go like from there do you have I'm to gonna... do like a clap so they're in sync no <laughs> it's oh, fine i can gonna... i can tie them up like through this uh <laughs> through the software oh, that i run it um yeah, so, like, I think I'm just going to dive straight into it. You're, it is Sophie Nunes, right? Nunes. 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 <coughs> Don't worry. Okay. All the- <laughs> so, I've been telling everyone, I'm speaking to Sophie Nunes this week, and, yeah, um, yeah it's Nunes. Brilliant. So, I'm a twat. Um, <laughs> it's all right. I called someone... Um, who was called Jeff Geoff because I'd never doubted her. <laughs> I was at an, this no word of lie, I was at an MMA event on live TV going, Geoff makes his way to the cage. And at the end, when he'd won, and I was going for the interview, they went, Jeff did a great job on that fight. And I was like, that's his Jeff that I've never seen it like that. So don't worry. That's brilliant. I think you've done the best job with Nunes rather than Nunes. <laughs> Hello, my name's Geoff. <laughs> thought it was like an impressive name i was like <laughs> an impressive name i thought it was i was taken back i was like, like oh fancy geoff over here <laughs> it must be foreign <laughs> so you're sophie noons you yeah. fight out of uh, gracie Bothard, birmingham yes and you've been training for longer than a year <laughs> yeah so you talk about yourself because i don't know enough about you so um i'm sophie noons i've done Japanese jiu-jitsu, um, black belt in that, judo, um, now in done years of MMA and now I'm doing the beautiful art of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, lazy fighting is what yeah, I call it. Lazy fighting. <laughs> if you can lie down and do it, it's brilliant. <laughs> That's why I'm great off my back. That sounds terrible and crude, but it's true though. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I've been doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu now for probably two years two and a bit years what? yeah I think you're a savage two years maybe yeah I've only seen a couple of your fights and I, I have very much enjoyed them because you do kind of like you're you're built for the game I'm gonna say like you're the you're, game built me that's I'm like <laughs> I'm not built for it the game built me but um like who who did I watch you fight? Um, Ashling from uh, Liverpool MMA. Yes. I saw that yeah. fight and I very much enjoyed that fight. I I know how tough Ashling is. She used to fuck me up like <laughs> big time. Um, she's a strong girl. Like, yeah. Fair play to her. She's very strong. She's uh yeah, like she leg locked me a lot. Was it leg locks? I think she was big into leg locks when I. Was, yeah, like, she dropped for one on me. Yeah, <laughs> I was like coming to the end. I've of got an career. MMA game too. I know. <laughs> I know how to get out of them. Yeah. Um, and who else have I seen you fight? I think I saw you fight at a competition 
Um, but I can't remember who against. I just remember seeing you fight and, like, I saw you and your side. And I was like, oh, no, she's going to be in my division. And then you weren't. And I was like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> I fight someone else. Um, but I did watch your fight and it was like, oh... I'm glad I didn't fight her because she would have messed me up. I don't believe that's true. Shut I've, up. I've watched you fight too. I think we'd have a. I think we'd have a good role. We'd have a good scrap. Yeah. Yeah. A good fight. But I think we both got the same mentality towards fighting, where it's like we're there to fight. We're not there to score points. Yeah. Or <laughs> sit on our bum. <laughs> I'm not gonna stall for five minutes. I'm gonna uh, actually well, try I'm, to progress. Well, I'm up on points by four. No, I'll give it away just for an <laughs> attempt at a submission. I think That's I'm getting my the old style belly of fight. Yeah. <laughs> it's my style of fight, and I'll give points away to try and win by submission. Yeah. Uh, As you should. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like to say that I'm outspoken in that respect, but like, I don't, I don't get points fighting like it it weirds me out and like, mm. I, I get the you know not everyone's going to win by submission because you've got evenly matched people but at the same time i just want to i just want to see people progress exactly <laughs> don't just sit exactly down. especially at our our level it's not like we're going for um, yeah you know well well t- in the katan katana swords you saw all them getting hand out, handed out this week oh my god i was so jealous i'm gonna have to contact sam cook and ask for hers because she's... Um, I'm pretty sure she won't give you it. <laughs> because she loves it as much oh, no. as you might. But, um... That's... That's the dream. <laughs> to go out and get a sword and post it back. Um... <laughs> Boom. <laughs> back Boom. in the room. We're back. Back yeah. in action. Sorry, that was um, lots of loud noises. It was a good time. If you did hear any of that, I do apologise on Sally Noons' behalf. <laughs> um, she forgot we were recording and decided she'd clean a pan. <laughs> scrubbed away. <laughs> With the, a, a tree branch from the sound of <laughs> Yeah. Like some drumsticks, you know. But no, so back um, to it. So yeah, um, you have a ridiculous sports background apparently yeah. <laughs> um like two years in brazilian jiu-jitsu but like how long were you doing japanese jiu-jitsu for um i started when i was four years old so what yeah so started there um the team that i was under actually like created grappling strike which um sort of took the world by like you know took the uk by storm back in the day it was like the only sort of form of mma over mm. here um, which got licensed so I, you know I, I was lucky enough to just be with that team and be with um, the team that brought sort of M- UK MMA to the scene mm. um, where you know there was people fighting on their shows like Mark Goddard remembers it and all these guys like remember it back in the day and um, Rosie Sexton had fought on it back in the day like mm. as well like when MMA just wasn't a thing in the UK back so, in the day back in the day like, I was only like six years old but I still um, still remember wanting to go to these brawls in a hall because that's all it was they had a hall with yeah. mats and it was just like yeah beat the crap out of one another I just need to but, stop the conversation for yeah. a single moment because like you have a really thick like brummy accent and then you say hall hall <laughs> yeah 
you should see me when I'm doing... A brawl in a hall. <laughs> in a hall. You should see me when I'm doing um, business talks. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> terrible. I'm so, I start to go, hello, you okay? Hello. Hello. This is Wommel. <laughs> this is my foundation. This is what we do. <laughs> then suddenly it's like, you're right, mate. <laughs> I should be proud of my accent. You should. You should. I think, um, well, everyone's proud of, like, ridiculous shit now. So, like, your accent should be, like, yeah. proper out there. Don't brummy shame me. Peaky blinders <laughs> in the forefront. <laughs> Terrible. Honestly, it's ridiculous. Like, just be who you are. Yeah. Well, that's what this talk's going to be about. <laughs> so, you're a massive gayer. Yeah. Um, massive homosexual. <laughs> um... I don't know how to start this um, conversation thread off. Like, so obviously you've been in uh, martial arts for years and years mm-hmm. and many many years, and like, um, we had a, a brief, well, I say brief discussion. Like, we were talking for a, a good like forty five minutes before we did the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but um, we were talking briefly there, and you were like because you were so deep into like the sports side of things you didn't really understand like your sexuality coming into it you just thought you were a normal person but you're being given all these mixed signals from other people yeah so let's have that exact same conversation over again yeah so um say my coming out then it was um you know it was it was kind of hauled off for a while because sorry i just saw your cat (laughs) Right, don't talk about my pussy on the podcast. <laughs> no, um, so yeah, so I went. Um, so I was like four years old when I started sport. I was um, doing my Japanese jiu-jitsu alongside football, mm-hmm. and that meant that when I was, yeah, I was. I didn't really have a social life. My social life was sports. I loved mm. sports. My mates were the athletes I trained with, and my training partners, and you know, the all in the football teams. So. It wasn't till I actually was unable, I was out of um, action, so with my knees, yeah, that I got into action. <laughs> so um, no, so I while I was at school, it was pretty hard for me because I did all the girls were talking about boys and like saying their feelings. Oh, I love him. He's my love of my life. And I was like, you're sick. Oh, is this part? This is what we're meant to do. So for me, it's like an acting game rather than. Now I look back, it's like, you know, after you've discovered your sexuality, yeah. you look back and you're like going, God, I faked it all that. Like, I just didn't know what love was. I didn't experience that feeling or them sexual fi- feelings towards someone mm. until, you know, I stopped playing sport and started socialising. But um, I met, you know, the first girl that I was with via a football team, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, like lost my virginity to her and yeah and like that was a very interesting time for me because I didn't know who I was or myself Mm. um my identity was just football and martial arts being a great athlete that could kick any lad's ass and you know with all the bullying as well from Mm. being called a lesbian and not knowing what a lesbian was and when I was trying to find out what a lesbian was I was getting the stereotypes of one. So when yeah. I was going to my mates, well, what's a lesbian? Like, what are they even calling me? They'd go, oh, skinhead, like a skinhead and all this. And I'm like going, really? Well, I haven't got a skinhead. I, skin I have luscious blonde locks. Yeah. But, um, you know, like, I'd, I'd have a bit of a laugh. Um, 
about stuff like that now looking back at it because obviously when you're all kids and trying to yeah. work out but yeah so um met my first girlfriend and then my sister kind of like was like oh you, you know something happening between you and that girl and at that time I was like in I was like no no because I didn't even know myself then whether yeah. or what like, you know it's a very confusing time when you're mm. trying to discover yourself you don't know at the time I was like is it just a face is it just yeah. like you yeah know, this one girl that I fell for and you know and I just needed to find out who I was but no Hayley Hayley being Hayley my sister she um had a lovely lovely um experience of running downstairs and me going well yeah we are like yeah she isn't you know, we are together. I go, mm. oh, I knew it. I knew it for all these years. And like, <laughs> runs downstairs, tells my mum. <laughs> what? Gets my mum. I just, and I remember, I just heard the hoover get turned off. <laughs> She's a what? Runs upstairs. <laughs> had that discussion. Um, and then it was just the fear of like going, well, you, you know, like, well do you know what's this like this like you know all the things that parents would be concerned about when you're coming out not that they need to be but I do understand the concerns of parents when your child is from a minority group because instantly yeah so like socially is going to make their life harder yeah um and I understand that and you know I've got the basic questions of going are you sure this is like are you sure and I'm, I'm like going I don't have a clue I yeah. don't have a clue. I don't know myself. Hale is the one that's made the decision for me. <laughs> but um, it's all her fault. Blame yeah. on her. No, but um, I come out to my dad then a while after because that was quite funny. <laughs> me and the girl that you know I thought I was in love with, um, and my first girlfriend, and all that, split up with me. And my dad knew them because they were part of the same football team, and he assumed I was getting bullied by her. Aww. So he was like, okay. He went to my coach and was like, you know, trying to stick up and go, wow, there's something happening. I don't know whether there's bullying that. And then the coach got, you should probably need to come out to your dad now. Come out to my dad. And he took me to a fight, to a competition to go fight, won gold. Nothing was said, because obviously at that point, I I actually said to my sister then, can you just come out for me again? Because that's so much easier. <laughs> so she had done that. We'd went to this fight my dad took me to. And I remember the car journey home. He went... I'm really proud of you he's like not just for your gold medal but you know for just being yourself and you know i'll yeah. love you no matter what and i was thinking oh, bloody hell, i'd like put this off for a while because i was terrified myself yeah yeah um which i think everyone does because like you know we, like we were discussing earlier it can go seriously wrong it can go seriously wrong and i i will always you know thank my family for mm. supporting me and taking it how a real family should if that yeah. makes sense like how yeah. you know just as yeah it's you love who you love and that's that whereas yeah. I'm very aware that even some of my friends have never either been able to come out or they've had to hide it from their family or mm. they've been kicked out and it's awful but, yeah and if that had happened to me at that time I would not be where I am now not at all no I'd have definitely been on the streets <laughs> So, you know, like, yeah, I, I very much share your um, fear. Like I, we, we were talking beforehand about how um, like it's kind of the same but different. Like I had a very um, severe picture of what was going to happen. And like I'd spent years building up this 
this movie in my head of how everyone was going to look at me a certain way and go, oh, you're disgusting, get away from me. And then, like, I'd um, lose my house, my job and everything, live on the streets. And, like, there was a part of me that was a bit excited because I was like, if I live on the streets, I can kind of get a dog. But then... (laughs) Dog. (laughs) I don't think it's worth it. (laughs) As much as I love dogs. But, um, yeah, like, again, I had a very similar... um, coming out story uh to you in that I didn't get to come out to my parents at all and I I do kind of resent my sister for it a little bit um in that I confided in her and that was it was really difficult because it was at a time where I was feeling very vulnerable I'd just come out of um, a long-term relationship and I was like taking stock of my life and trying to figure out why I wasn't happy and I was like I literally have to do something um because like I tried suicide before and um didn't stick wasn't fair um so I was like I I can't do that again and like I was getting to the point where I was like might as well like I'm never going to be able to speak to my family I'm never going to be able to speak to um like my friends and stuff about it so I was Mm -hmm. like there was nothing in it for me but then I was like fuck it like if I at least speak to someone I know I've tried so I spoke to my sister and she was like that's cool um actually no when I was speaking to her I was like I need to tell you something like it's really personal and I'd really appreciate it if you didn't like lose your mind and stuff about it she's like oh my god you're gay like straight away (laughs) I was like well no um maybe what um no no, I'm not, like, I, I'm trans, and she didn't know what it was, so I explained the situation to her, and she was like, oh, okay, cool, that's fine, I don't see why that's an issue, and, like, I don't know, like, every, like, for the the first, like, three people that I came out to, they all said roughly the same things, and they were like, um, whatever you do behind closed doors is your business, I'm like, it's not going to remain behind closed doors, <laughs> it's going to be a very public thing. Yeah. And um, so like, I um, stopped speaking to my sister, um, hung up the phone, went about my day. And then like two days later, I get a message from her on my phone and she's like, don't hate me. But I thought I'd speak to mum and dad about it just to see what they think. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I confided in you and you're doing this to me? And um, like, it was a good thing and a bad thing like it was good that I didn't have to put myself through that stress and it was kind of taken out of my hands which was mm. nice but at the same time that's a moment I'm not going to have with my parents yeah I was like eh, I don't know but like yeah my mum called me and she was like oh well you don't know what the future holds and you're gonna like just just do what makes you happy behind closed doors and things like that and I was like yeah but it's not going to be behind closed doors and then like when was it so this was like six years before I started my transition Mm -hmm. like when I was really questioning things and stuff sorry I've got water burps (laughs) (laughs) but um I think about eight months after I had that initial conversation I got into a very serious relationship with um a girl who would be my wife and like we had a really long and really great relationship um but like 
I was very upfront with her, like when we entered into a relationship saying, this is what I've been struggling with, like for the past 15 years. And it is a, it's a big part of my life. And like, there is a chance that at some point I'm not going to be able to continue how I am. And she was like, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. And then like, uh, what was it? Two years later, we got married. We were married for about three four years and it got to that point again and then we like decided to separate and I continued my transition and she went off and did her own thing and we don't really speak now but um like when I when I started my transition like I had a conversation with my mum and she was like um saying about when she was when I was about four years old She's like, oh yeah, like I kind of knew something was wrong. I was like, okay, what do you mean? And she was like, oh, well, like you used to take your sister's clothes and like dress up and stuff, and um, she would always stop me from doing it and like take the stuff away from me and like make me do something else. And um, at first I felt like uh, really bad about it, but then she was like. I didn't want that life for you just like which is admirable because she wanted me to have like quote unquote a normal life she wanted me to be she didn't want me to have to fight she didn't want me to have to um struggle with all of these things she just wanted me to be a happy person and that was what she saw as the best path to do that and like that's it's a mother's prerogative (laughs) like she can do whatever she wants if she thinks it's going to make me happy but um yeah it was a real struggle and um yeah but it like when we were talking before it also meant that I had I I like currently have a lot of issues with internalized transphobia (laughs) because um as I was growing up I had um like images of uh trans people and just hearing like my male friends opinions and not being able to go "Uh, actually no um because I didn't want to be outed and have people think that I'm a fucking weirdo um so like I had a lot of shame embarrassment um a load of negative feelings all associated to this one thing which is me and now that's where I am in my life it's like yay now I'm gonna try and figure out how to not be not happy yeah it's all good times no, I totally get that so, like <laughs> I can especially relate to like um the mom stuff but luckily for me it's like um not as younger I used to call myself a special boy <laughs> um, and my mum told me to just call myself a special boy if that's how I wanted to be referred to. Aww. I had um, one of one of my really good mates who's still one of my really good mates, like Eliza. Um, her parents would say like, just call, just allow her to call, just call her your boyfriend. I think we'll have her. And we, I used to call her my girlfriend. She'd call me a boyfriend, like just to make me feel happy. I don't know how they didn't know when I was like <laughs> an infant, but no. And um. No, and I used to, I always, always allow, I always wore boys' clothes and everything else. Mm. I think the good thing was my mum always allowed me to and always said to me, Sophie, you can still be a girl while wearing boys' clothes, that's fine. Because I think that was hard for me because it's like, I instantly thought because I wanted to wear boys' clothes all the time, I had to be a boy. Mm. Um, 
and that wasn't you know that wasn't me i'm not trans yeah. um that's not i'm just gay are. like i'm a i'm a proper tomboy <laughs> slash femi dyke if we put bringing terms into it whatever it is but no like i i like being i like you know being like the most sportiest yeah boy looking female you've ever seen and then going from you know if we're bringing in all these stereotypes i'm just myself but you know like yeah i go i but then i can be like the girliest girl in the world if i want to be and yeah you know that's what happens when you have an uber straight sister who loves hair extensions <laughs> and nails and was a test dummy for her makeup um, when you were younger no but that was great because i learned a lot mm. learned a lot about how to um present myself um, for occasions no but um but having an accepting family is um it's invaluable to anyone that's part of the lgbt like oh, plus community like hugely um like i have five sisters and three brothers um one of my brothers is literally my identical twin um and like I came out to every single one of them individually apart from my parents mm. and um like <laughs> every single time I had like the same uh butterflies in my belly like this could go either way and I don't yeah. know whether or not they're going to be accepting or whatever but like I didn't lose anyone like throughout my transition I was very lucky in that respect because um it is so prevalent in the community where like you have uh, like super right wing parents or religious parents or like anyone who just sees something outside the norm as um uh, why do i forget english honestly it's ridiculous um I've lost the words. How is this even fair? And I've got an eyelash in my eye. <laughs> I keep rubbing it. It's not going. Um, but yeah, if, if you if you grow up in that environment and you're constantly being told, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. And like, um, you can't help but feel um, bad and that something's wrong with you that's like the hardest thing mm. to get over that something is wrong when you're just different definitely and that's it, how it should be presented i 100% agree and um it's like after i had my first relationship with a female like lost my virginity to a female after then i went through a massive identity crisis of yeah. going is this me and you know like but like but the amount of stuff I was getting like, but you don't know because you never slept with a man. <laughs> Standard thing. Um, and, you know, I stupidly agreed and I tried sleeping, you know, sleeping yeah. with a man and it, no. It just like, never, never for me. Like, so if there's any straight men listening to it, no, I've been there, I've done that, it didn't work. So <laughs> you don't need to ask me again if um, you approach me in a club. Willies are weird. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so are the people attached to them. <laughs> <laughs> but no but um no so I you know like I went through that and I'd say I'd even say like oh you know even being in a long-term relationship for what six years I'd say even in that I wasn't I wasn't as comfortable as I am now like um, I'd say now 
at the age mm. of 26 after being out since I was what 18 mm. I am finally 100% acceptable like, I, yeah. like you know accept like accepting of myself and who I am and I've noticed that because when I started at GB Birmingham um back like what two, two years ago I'd say now is like straight away as soon as I went in there I was a bit hesitant like to yeah. just be you know as you are as gay people just to come out straight away and everything but they put me at ease so quickly about it and mm. you know it's a different experience for gay women to gay men or trans women yeah. trans men like I will never not say that women like being a lesbian you have an easier time than most and if people disagree they're welcome to yeah. you know confront me on that and ask my reasonings why but I do <laughs> you know I do think it is that way um and you know I'm open like I talk about my you know partner all the time you know the partner that I'm with at the moment is probably the partner that I post you know yeah. happily about and I've never <laughs> I suppose weirdly I've never been that comfortable but whether that's because I'm just in a happy place and yeah within myself and you know in the relationship and everything like yeah I think it's I think every weekend if you go on my Instagram there's something about her up there but no <laughs> um but yeah, you don't so feel happy. pressured into hiding the fact that you're in a relationship yeah. with a woman. Um, like, I completely understand what you mean when you say it's different for lesbians because, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, like, this is going to sound a little bit controversial, but, like, when it comes to LGBT, there is a part of me that feels like the L is very much a lowercase L and it's whispered. Um, I feel that um, lesbians kind of get lost in everything else because, um, like, it always feels like the emphasis is on either gay men or at present the trans like women in like mostly but Mm -hmm. um trans people in general and um like i can understand why there isn't as much emphasis on women because they don't like want attention whereas like with men i do think that um like there is a certain amount of peacocking that takes place in that like men are wired for sex that's literally what they do and it's driven by testosterone and it's kind of um what a lot of uh, their mentality is like driven forward by but for women it's not it's not really the same like you kind of just get by mm. if that makes any sense uh, i feel really weird for saying it <laughs> but uh, like, I, I think obviously like I should say I can I completely agree with you, but trust me, I, I you know like as with everything that it all depends on the person. Yeah, um, definitely. And I get where you're coming from exactly when it comes to the mm. bio, biological um, yeah. aspects of our, like, how we are and um, hormones and everything yeah. else. Um, but I have to say it's like I've always said it this way: is lesbians have an easier time than. Um, gay men and Mm. trans women and men because even bi 
Mm. Um, reasoning being is because lesbians can be sexualized. Yeah. And I always say it that way. And I've always had this point of view that if it's accepted by men, yeah. it'll be accepted by society. Yes. And I've, I know that that can be seen as controversial, but that's my experience. Yeah. I'm talking as me. Like, <laughs> me you know, as a person. Me, me as a person, my experiences. But the issue is, is I've always seen it like, why, well, why are we accepted? Because there's more exposure. Yeah. How many men will watch lesbian porn? How many straight women watch lesbian porn? Loads. Yeah. Like, it's one of the most popular, like, porns to watch, like, you know, porn <laughs> yeah. selections to watch in categories. Um, but I also think that's, um, like, bringing it back to martial arts, kind of, a little mm-hmm. bit. Like, it's one of the reasons why I think there is more of a stigma around um, gay men in the sport because of the sexualization. Like, um, there are there are some guys who are super comfortable with who they are and super um, happy with like their sexuality. They know what they like, they know what they don't. But then you also have the people who can't get over their their own pride. And if like you could roll with someone for years, and then as soon as you see, as soon as that person goes, oh, I'm gay, like your relationship automatically changes because you see their expression of sexuality as a reflection on you. Like that's how I see a lot of this, and it's it's one of the reasons why like the mortality rate for trans women, especially in places like Brazil and America, is so high. And you have um, what's it called? Like it was recently outlawed by a, a couple of the American states. It's called like uh, reaction kills or whatever, um, where like. Uh, a guy has intercourse with a trans woman they find out she's a trans woman and then they react by killing her and then they're let off because oh they were they were shaken to the point of thing it's like no they just killed a person because they couldn't differentiate between what she was and who they are and it's like um I can't even say that it's just pride. It's just people who are confused about themselves and they they fear other people so much that they build barriers between themselves. And yeah. like, I, I do think that it's a lot harder for um, gay men in the sport because they're it feels like they're frowned upon or looked down on by other guys. But like, I've never had any issues rolling with other women, like, at all. Like, I don't really speak about my sexuality ever, like, either on social media or on anything anyway. But, um, like, no one has any real issues of, like, being close to me. And, like, I'm sure you haven't had any issues of people rolling with, like, Uh, women rolling with you. I still have a massive fear. Like, and it sounds stupid, but, like, I've always had a fear, like, the amount of women that I work for... Mm. Um, like work for work with even and um, coach and you know I always never mention it and that's probably the mm. only area where I'm not really out in um, yeah. I don't hide it they could go on my social um, social yeah. media and see it but it's not something where I'd just go oh yeah I'm gay um, even I remember when I joined GB Birmingham I was a bit hesitant to just be like hey I'm gay yeah. just in case because there's always that fear that the women will go 
Ugh. Oh yeah, I can't and it's not like that at all. And I sometimes find myself justifying like myself <laughs> beforehand. Like I'll go in there and be like, "Yeah, I'm gay, but I've got a straight sister." So I'm see her next all the time. <laughs> and then I've got like twelve like best mates who are all straight, and I've gone on girls' holidays. I've, you know, like we've all been nude in front of each other. It's not like that. Like, and yeah. I end up like justifying my mindset when I shouldn't because they don't care. Yeah, like they don't care. But I think it's that inner fear of yourself, like that you don't want to come across like a perv or anything yeah in the change room. and it's not like that like but yeah it's like uh if, it, if you're a straight male gynecologist yeah. so like you <laughs> see so many fannies it's not like it's gonna attract you yeah you know and it's kind of like how i try and put it it's like I've, i see my own body every single day i'm not yeah. attract i'm never but and that's the difference yeah. like people um they blur the lines between sexuality and attraction yeah like, just because, like, you're gay doesn't mean you're attracted to every woman. Exactly. It's It makes yeah. no sense. Um, it's probably been one of the most interesting changes throughout my transition. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I remember growing up and, like, I have a few close male friends and, like, we'd, uh, we'd mess around and stuff, like... Uh, tell jokes and shit like play video games and stuff and like the amount of casual homophobia that goes on uh, like within small male groups is ridiculous and it's a lot of it is just language that people were brought up on like oh that's gay and um, it is just used as a casual throwaway oh that's not right or that's a bit odd or whatever but some of the times it is what you're doing is totally gay where you're like slapping someone in the balls (laughs) because that's a fun thing to do. But like, um, since my transition, like my friendship circles have shifted to more, uh, female friendship circles because I don't need to, um, like I still have my male friends, but I'm not as close to them now as I was back then. Like all of my very, very close friends are women. And, um, like, you don't have the same level of stigma uh, around um, like your bodies or around um, like dialogue between you. Like um, my friends and I, we never really talked about our feelings, but now I can't go a weekend where I go, Oh my God, I feel this way. I'm feeling really down now. And like, I'll speak to my friends about literally every aspect of my life. And it's, it's empowering knowing that I have that level of support all the time. And men don't really have that because mm. um, they're raised to believe that feelings are wrong and they're yeah. for women and you have Man to... Man up and yeah. all this, yeah. It's like... I, I experience it like um, with my job role in the fire service. Mm. It's like a lot of the blokes, it's like they go through like just as much shit as women do. Yeah. And like they feel comfortable enough luckily to like come to me and talk about it yeah but they probably not feel as comfortable to go to each other to talk about it because of them the stereotypes that society make mm. where men shouldn't open up and it's like even like me always being like you know from going from a football coach to being in a martial arts coach to you know um doing firefighting i i am surrounded by casual homophobia all the time yeah and to me I always say, like, look, as long as you know the crowd, and I've always said this, like, as long as you know the crowd and it's not done in a malicious way and no harm's caused and you know that what you can say, if it's just, like, that's gay, that is, 
but you could have an implement on a young gay person there and yeah strike fear in them coming out as long as you can hold accountable for your actions and you know that by doing that you could be then you can do it i'm never going to control you i'm never going to get aggressive yeah. with you but what i will do is throw a joke back at you yeah and i'll be like so it's like oh that's gay that is and i'll go i'll be like oh sorry did, did, am i needed if they done something like me like you know like <laughs> play up and it's like mm. you know like but you know like it's beating that out in humour because I know the people that use casual homophobia and all this yeah like these little words there's no maliciousness about it because these are people who I know mm. that would like literally like they wouldn't even care to be around yeah. gay people or like go on nights out or or they're casually or, gay yeah <laughs> like, like, you know. they'll kiss their gay friends yeah. why not but like it's fine <laughs> yeah but it's like it's generally a part in society that it hasn't been shifted yet yeah and i i always say like it's it's something which hopefully will die out as Mm. time goes on but i've always said if you want to crack jokes in front of me as long as it's never said in a mean way or you're happy for me to come back and correct you if i think you've overstepped the mark yeah then that's fine but i've always said if you over if you say something and i'm gonna come to you and correct you as long as you're willing to listen yeah. and accept what I'm saying as someone from the LGBTQ community and take it on board, then that's fine. I won't ever have a problem with you. But if mm. you say something and I'm going, that's not, nah, nah, that that's not right, I'm going to correct you on that. And then you get a bit aggressive about it. Then there's no friendship there. Yeah. I can't deal with that because mm. from my point of view then is you're not respecting yeah. what our community yeah and even if it was said as a joke if i think that it hasn't just it's harmful or hurtful or just to step too far if you're not willing to correct that and apologize or whatever then Mm. and learn from what you've just said then that's i'm not willing to be around that yeah it's unreasonable Mm. um yeah like i i'm a i'm a big advocate for free speech and like it's it's probably an odd stance to take because there are um there are words that i find very offensive and that i don't like people um using but at the same time i don't believe in policing people's language yeah that's what i'm like it's like yeah yeah um and like there are so many people out there now and like i listen to comedians and where the whole trans thing is very in right now you do get people just jumping on it and they go oh you can't say this and we can't talk about this right now like yes you can but you have to do it in a way like i'm all for people making jokes about trans people Mm -hmm. because one i feel that we can stand to take ourselves less seriously in general Mm -hmm. because like you can't just say no you're not allowed to make jokes about anything but I would prefer they made an effort with their jokes rather than just aiming for like the lowest bar. And like, as soon as someone says, "Oh, they chopped their dick off," like I just shut down. Like, that's not what happened. Like, why can't you make an educated joke yeah. about trans people and how? Uh, I'm not gonna make any jokes about trans people because I don't. <laughs> I'm not yeah. that funny. Um, <laughs> um, but like, you could you could at least put some effort into the joke and like i have to admit like 
Um, have you seen uh, Joe Rogan's special, Triggered? No, I haven't. It's amazing. He does a, a bit at the end about Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah. In that um, she's in a house <laughs> full of women. Of course, something crazy is going to happen. It's like... Um, start saying how <laughs> all of the other Kardashians were like hovering over her bed and stuff and just whispering in her ear, oh, you want to be like us? Oh, you do this, this and this. And then like slowly over time, like she became more and more feminine and then boom. Um, and like, I like that he actually made an effort to not just go for the bottom of the barrel. He actually made a, a funny joke and like... Yeah. Caitlyn Jenner can stand to be moved, like taken down a peg or two anyway. Oh, definitely. But like, yeah, <laughs> when you mention her, uh, I fucking hate her. Yeah, like, uh, bad. <laughs> my feet. She's, she's a very in such a powerful position. She could have done so much a more. hell of a lot better than well, what she has done and ha- is doing. Yeah. Because she's still. Uh, yeah. Like she so has. Like, she had such a high profile, and she could have done so much. But the issue with her is she used her position to further her own profile and not the profile of the trans community. Exactly. And that's what people take an issue to. And I can't fucking stand her because now she's like, oh, I'm all for trans rights and everything. It's like, "Mm, you had your chance. You can't just say all of this fucking crazy shit. The issue is, is when you're so privileged as she is with the money that she has, she has only just started realising what life is like as a trans woman now. So she was still in this stage when she first came out and had, like, you know, all this money to look so glamorous. Like, congratulations. Like, because you've had all this money that you've been able to look, like, I'm quoting, like, look acceptable to society as a trans woman. And that annoyed me because I was like, you are still talking like a privileged white cisgender male. Yes. And... It frustrated the hell out of me. But now she's trying, you know, to flip it back and be like this. I don't know. Because now now reality is hitting of what it is Mm. like to be not only a woman, but to be a trans woman. Yeah. And now now she's realising what it's like. Now she's trying to... And it's like, yeah, I I appreciate what you're trying to do, but admit it. Yeah. If she stood up and said a speech and went, you know what? When I said all this stuff, when I was supporting Trump and I was doing all this, 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 I was speaking still as a cisgender male. Yeah. Um, white male. I would go, fair play. Yeah. And now I'm talking as the trans woman that I am. I would go, you know what? Like I, I will listen to you yeah. and I've got the time of day for you. But because she still tries to justify mm. who she, like you know, her thoughts and from the past. Yeah. And that, no. Like as soon as she went on Ellen and said, um, "Oh, I'm a traditionalist," and then she like denounced gay marriage. It's like, mm. what? Like how can you how can you be part of this marginalized community when you don't stand with the community? Because there's so much self hatred there. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, like I I I think anyone who's part of the LGBTQ community, if you don't have an element of self-hatred within inside you at some form of your coming out or in yeah. some form still that will live inside you like a tiny seed. Yeah. Then I don't know anyone actually. I, I, everyone I spoke to will have that tiny bit of self-hatred because of society's view, how it's well, yeah. 
ploughed into them. It's like so, yeah. I was saying earlier on, I still have like a great deal of um, internalised transphobia. Um, like I'm part of um, trans communities on online. I'm I have trans friends that that speak and stuff, and it's <laughs> okay. Um, and it's all a bit like you hear. I, I see some of the conversations, and at the same time, I'm like, oh no, because you're you're speaking from uh, you're speaking from a, a place of privilege, and like especially with how people talk about rights and everything, it's like, yeah, I get that we need equal rights, but why are our rights taking precedence over other people's? Like, um, I was watching uh, Dave Chappelle's stand-up show, and like, people have a massive issue with what he says about trans people, and like, yes, some of his jokes are very transphobic, but he does make a very good point in the fact that the only reason um, that so many like laws are being changed and um, like, there's such a focus on it is because white men want to do it, and that it really resonated with me in that like if it was just black guys transitioning to females it wouldn't have half the amount of traction that it does at the moment and the same with like trans men like no one thinks about them when it comes to uh, transition it's always the focus is always uh, trans women and mm. it's the focus always seems to be on quote-unquote passable trans women and like you have yeah. two kinds one the acceptable kind of trans woman then you have the the other kind of trans woman where like they they'll be transitioning later on in life and uh, they they stand out and they don't conform to um like society's gender norms or whatever and it's like that comes into society's yeah, image of as what women should look like. Yeah. And in itself, that's a whole other issue for women in general of how women should act to how they should look, to mm. how their bodies should be. And that in itself is so damaging. And not only that, but for a trans woman, it's like even more damaging because... Because yeah. you're being told you're not good enough. Yeah. Like constantly. And it... Like, it happens to women all the time, too. Like, the other day I was having a conversation at work with a, a few of my friends. And, like, I like to um, say stupid things because I think it's funny. So I said to one of my friends, um, would you rather lick um, lick my friend Charlotte's bumhole <laughs> or... <laughs> what? Yeah. How is that a bad thing? Let me would, play. Yeah. <laughs> would you rather lick her bum hole or would you rather let a, um, a wasp stay in your hand for 10 seconds? And she's petrified of wasps. I'll lick and a I, bum hole. I wanted, yeah, I wanted to see what she would do. And, like, she asked so many questions about it. And there was this guy sat behind us and like he turned around and he said, is that any way for a lady to speak? And I was like... I would have instantly like, just started speaking brawling out loads of it then yeah i i literally went what <laughs> um can you tell me how ladies are supposed to speak please and it's like you're from the 1940s and it's like um 
women's suffrage never happened and women aren't uh, people like they're second class citizens under like what dogs and house cats like I, I, I don't understand why he felt the need to get involved in a conversation that one had nothing to do with him and two tried to police the language I was using because I was trying to have fun with my friends I'm like yeah it was dirty but at the same time I'm sure he said worse at some point to his mates yeah. and why is it acceptable for him and not for me yeah like ugh, it hurts my feelings yeah. very much Lee but um I can't remember my original point <laughs> I just started rambling but um yeah like the whole trans thing for me has been um it's been eye-opening because I get to see things from both sides of the fence like admittedly when I was um like living as a male I wasn't really living as a male because I was um I'm gonna say acting as a male like um I got to build a mask of what I thought people saw as male traits and what they wanted to see and then I lived behind that which is why I have um like I'm very good at disassociating myself from certain things I can compartmentalize my mindset which is why I'm quite good in competitions because like I don't care about people staring at me happens to me all the time it doesn't really matter (laughs) people like you're tall (laughs) so I'm like ah whatever people are gonna look um but like that happens with most people in the LGBT community because there's always a part of you that you're you're hiding from something and like um what was I gonna say I should really think before I start to rant about things um yeah I should really put it back to martial arts but like I agree with what you're saying with martial arts though. It's, I generally think if you're from a minority group, it's like it's going into, but go, but going into a competition is not even the biggest thing on your mind. Like, do you know what I mean? No. Like, yeah. It's like even the other day, me and my um, girlfriend were walking down the road holding hands, and it was the first time. Um, you know, I was well, with my parents and yeah. my sister, and they were about probably ten yards behind because um, we were just strolling ahead talking. Mm. And within the matter of fifteen minutes, we received two bunch of homophobic comments. Um, so one was an elderly couple. I didn't hear it or see it, but I heard something, but I didn't. You don't. Yeah. I was a bit oblivious. Stared at us, didn't realise it was my family behind. But while they got past me and um, Christy, mm. went, oh, they need Jesus and all this, and like <laughs> made a massive comment. And my sister, obviously being quite the protective one, yeah. Like, oh, how about you? Like I was like, I turn around like, going, oh god, what's happening? You're all right, love. Um, you know, she'll she'll she yeah. can kill someone with words and you know she's weirdly more aggressive than me i'm sure she could probably take me in a fight as well but no um but yeah so you know and she like that and it was like they come up to us i was like what happened and they told me and i was like oh standard i wouldn't even reacted to it and they're yeah. like going well, you should like blah, blah blah and i'm like get it all the time like it's, yeah you just learn to ignore it you, you know, you can't like, change everyone the mind. amount of times in my previous relationship it's like i wouldn't want to hold hands Mm-hmm. I wouldn't do because it was drawing attention as someone who practices martial arts you're always told as a form of self-defense is to 
avoid danger. Yeah. Well, as soon as I held someone's hand, I'm bringing danger on to me. Mm-hmm. So it was in my head never to hold hands. And um, one of my mates who's um, gay, she lives in Berlin with her um, missus. And she made a really strong point to me um, once. And she turned around and went, who did you miss when you were younger? You missed seeing and being exposed to lesbians to know who you were and to make your coming out easier. The only lesbians you were experienced are of with shaved head. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you st- I'm using quotes, but you stereotypical. Yeah. Lesbians. And that to you wasn't someone that you were um, physically attracted to or you didn't see yourself identifying as. Yeah. So for you, it become harder. But as soon as you started seeing that you know you saw women that you were attracted to who were gay mm. and other and women it, like you as yeah well. and it become i got it then and then yeah. she turned around and went every young lesbian that might be struggling at coming out will see you and your you know yeah your, you and your other girlfriend and make it may make it easier for them and i thought you know what that's a really good point yeah and um you know that's why i'm happy with you know my relationship now mm. where I'm so open, I can, I will hold hands. I make the point of holding hands. People will look, well, they look, they'll say yeah. things. But it's like even in that 15 minutes, we walked, walked on. My parents were there, and um, we got a group of men across the road, and instantly I knew. So, are you two gay? Are you two lesbians? Mm. Oh, can I join in? I'll oh, fuck you straight, and all this, saying loads of stuff like this. Well, I went, I bet you best watch what you're saying, because my dad's about to walk up. My dad went, what he said, I was like, oh, he's being really homophobic and said he's going to fuck us straight. <laughs> straight away. <laughs> grabbed this lad, like, and there was a group of them, but grabbed the lad that specifically said it. Said it. Although they were yeah. all saying stuff, the lad that was the gang leader, if that makes sense, yeah. grabbed him, put him up a wall. It was like, before, uh, and, like this, and all of them said... Is that what you have to deal with on a daily basis? Yes. Yeah. It's even, Why do I not go out in straight clubs? I don't. Because yeah. a lot of men won't accept the fact that I am gay and I'm not interested. Mm. If it's with my partner, then it's even worse. Because not only is she, like beautiful and gets hit on all the time yeah. but she's a feisty welsh woman and she'll eat your head if you know <laughs> if you're not listening to her but no like um but it's even worse then because you've got that instant protectiveness over it like this is my yeah. relationship this is yeah why are you not accepting the fact like you wouldn't come up to a girl and if she went oh my boyfriend sat there mm. you wouldn't then continue because you know you get your head smacked in now what yeah. difference does it make to me because i could probably smack your head in even twice as hard because of my yeah. martial arts at the point, but you don't know that but that's why I would never put myself in that situation. So mm. when people sometimes go, why do you always go to like, you know, the gay clubs all the time? Because I feel comfortable to just yeah. know that that stuff won't happen. Well, it will like, happen. It yeah. still happens. You'll be hit on, but, but they're more respectful of the fact that you're in a relationship. Yeah. If you say to someone in a, a gay club, oh, my partner's there. We're just here to enjoy the evening. They're more likely to go, cool. And then yeah. move on to the next person. But like... I, I it's different at pride though I will say that yeah pride I've, I've received so much homophobia at pride by straight men and I went are you aware of where you are right now what? but they come along because they know great gig like mm. loads of good gigs like bands on can drink all day boozy all weekend yeah. and then they come for the festival rather than 
what we're celebrating yeah. what we're there for yeah and that's different because if it's a gay club you know that you're you know i mean you're you're in that it's a bit different from gay pride and that's what i'm saying because you can't monitor who's buying the tickets you can't like go are you homophobic (laughs) (laughs) no yeah (laughs) but this summer pain is like it's mad and like on the on the mats don't get me wrong i get all the banter but as long as yeah. it's banter, I get all the, how do you get all the good looking girls with the big boobs? <laughs> Give them to me. If you have got, if you, if you got any, like, and it was just like, like when I was, when I was single and I was on Tinder, it was literally like, oh, let me have a look. Any of them buy, send them my way if you're not interested. And you what? know, like jokes like that. Yeah. I, as long as it's done as a jokey manner, like, mate ain't gonna happen but as long as you yeah. know like so people say stuff just to joke i can take that yeah like, i can be like that but as long as it's not disrespectful to my relationship if it's like you know if mm. they're saying if there's any bi girls who you're not interested in, see if they're in you see if yeah. they're interested in me you know a joke it's never gonna happen it's never like i'm gonna go <laughs> yes let me take a picture of your face and then send it to her just in case <laughs> just in I, case you're not really my type but have you seen this person before <laughs> he'd very much like to get inside you yeah but no like but as long as it's said as a joke and it's just like a Mm. winky face like i'm cracking a joke kind of thing i don't really get you know and it happens all the time in male environments it's just yeah you know i've become quite numb to it numb to it like (laughs) yeah i'm sure i know it sounds cheaper but if i've got say someone who isn't numb to it around me i become instantly quite like look Mm. i don't want them jokes being said yeah. like while there's people that could be affected by them around me but i'm so i'm so numb yeah. to that now it doesn't affect me you can say what you want like whatever but it's like yeah like you sort of become numb to it after a while yeah. you seem t- to take it as as long as it's um as long as it's not yeah, malicious exactly like as long as it's not malicious i can kind of just go yeah okay unless it is yeah no that's not right <laughs> but like i have to say like um i completely agree with what you were saying about um being seen out in public with your girlfriend because like i've never i've never been ashamed of any of my relationships i've always like i i um i'm one of those ridiculous people i, I i'm very um i, I kind of want to say vulnerable but it's not vulnerable like I have a lot of feelings and like when when I like someone like I I fall for them instantly Mm -hmm. if there's something that um attracts me to them and we get along really well like I I tend to fall like very very quickly and um like something I didn't experience until after my transition was um like when I started seeing uh so like I've had two proper relationships since my transition uh, both with women and like when I was out in public with them I was very conscious of the fact that I was in public with them and it was like kind of equal parts being worried about uh, people commenting on the relationship and also about people commenting on me in general like I, I, I'm very conscious of the fact that I do stand out. I, I'm very tall. I'm very broad. And um, however much uh, effort I put into how I look that day will dictate how, um, like, people 
read me and uh, like interact with me. So it's all very weird and like I do struggle sometimes with uh, like my partner because I don't want them to get hurt because of me and I like when I'm on my own I'm perfectly fine like I have this ridiculous mindset where I'm like if I get beaten up I get beaten up like that's just my life I I, I can take a beating that's fine um but if someone hurt her because of me like I I don't know what I would do I'd be very mm. upset and I'd probably do something that I would regret and um it's weird I've never really felt like that before and um it's something I'm trying to work through, obviously, because um, I can't live like that for the rest of my life. No, like, definitely. Just it's, I think it's something that I'm sure loads of people, even listening, if they identify the same way you do, that mm. then they're going to have a, they're going to experience some same feelings as well. I've experienced some same feelings. Yeah. But it's coming past that point of going, you know what, that person is also probably aware of that fact, mm. and whether you know whether they're trans or whether they're cis and like homosexual they've probably experienced them in themselves and it's down to you then to go you know what like they're willing like they want to be on you know yeah. they want to hold hands with me so I'm going to hold hands I'm going to be proud if we if you know if something happens and it happens but that person will never ever judge you or think mm. it's you and that is something like it's like where I said I had to get over it and you will get yeah. over it in time and it's not yeah you know it's hard it's just you just got to know that it's not you that's the issue. It's nobody's the yeah. issue. It's the people that are perpetrating it. But well, technically, I am the issue. I'm one of the issues because I still have like these um, ridiculous thoughts in my head about um, like not being good enough and um, like I don't feel like I should be allowed to be in a relationship because why would I inflict? myself on anyone else when I hate myself as much as I do and like um I have I have awesome conversations with my partner at the moment where she's like um I think you're awesome why are you why are you in your head all the time you need to shut up and just uh, accept the fact that I really really like you and I'm like I don't I don't understand what you like you need to tell me and she's like eh I just like you and it's it's weird because I can't accept it in my head but she wouldn't be like, yeah, I really like you. If she didn't mean it, like, there's nothing holding us together. Like, it's still very fresh. So if she didn't feel that way, I'm pretty sure she wouldn't just be, like, with me out of spite or out of um, obligation. Because there is yeah, none. Exactly. It's weird. It's, it's, um, it's sort of like them insecurities about yourself and everything. And it's, like, breaking down that to just know that, you yeah. don't know why. Like, I, yeah. literally, I, I know the feeling because I, I can look at my missus and I always say to her, like, what the hell are you even missing me? Like, bloody hell, like, do you know what I mean? And we all get it. Like, yeah. And um, I think, you know, and it's just accepting the fact that, because I think that's a massive thing is a self-acceptance because, bloody hell, if I looked at my missus and 24-7, like, kept thinking to myself Sophie you are I, I get told all the time I'm punching <laughs> but like 
if I looked at her every single time and went, I'm punching, I'm punching, I'm punching, uh, yeah. it would ruin the relationship. That's when you become the barrier. Yeah. And you're so like, mm, what yeah. I've just accepted is, I don't know, for some funny old reason she's interested in me. It must be my goofy ways or, yeah. um, you know, my attempt to look feminine sometimes. I don't know, <laughs> like, or just On the like, old occasion. Or just my amazing martial arts. Yeah. <laughs> No, but I, does she I, watch you fight? Um, she she hasn't come and watched me fight yet, so that's um that should be fun. I think. How I, long have you been together? If you don't mind me asking. Um, like four months. So it's quite recent. Oh, okay. Yeah, like it's pretty recent, but I think it's weird because, like I've said, I've been with, been in really long term relationships, mm. and this one is different because, from the second we met, we both went. You're amazing. Like, like just the connection and the yeah. click, like, and it was, it was weird. And I was like, going, I don't want to be one of these typical lesbian you haulers, but bloody hell, I'll do it for you. And like, okay, let's go to the cattery and buy a cat today. <laughs> like, no, I'm joking. I had but, this conversation yeah. with my partner like the first day we met. Like, um, like we met on uh, Plenty of Fish, and like, mm. I messaged her initially because she had like the most ridiculous um like profile thing which is like I'm 128 years old and I'm kept <laughs> I'm kept young by the love of cats and like just like utter nonsense so I responded with nonsense in kind and that's how we kind of um like built a bond yeah slash connection. and then when we met for the first time it was very like I was automatically at ease and like I just felt good around her and like yeah. I've been on a couple of dates where I'm just like everything is awkward <laughs> it's like eh, we shouldn't do this again but um like yeah it was it was nice just being around her and um kind of enjoying each other's company and then she was like we started talking about um what was it like where we'd want to live like later on and she was like I know lesbians move really fast and everything but like I just want a load of dogs and land to keep them and then we can be happy forever and it's like yeah that's what I want now I want a farm and I can have 30 dogs (laughs) (laughs) it's like it's funny because it's like literally like a couple of weeks into me and Chrissy dating like she come and met come out on a night out with my mates my mates were like going how are you so like literally like how are you like that after such a short time she's like if I was at this stage with my with a bloke I'd still be trying to get a text back let alone a dick in and I was pissing myself (laughs) laughing I was like I was like but you know like I think it is one of them things like when you click you click and that's that Mm. and you know I've been lucky enough in that respect and I, I don't know, like when she come when she comes and sees me fight eventually I think um like she loves the UFC. Like mm, I, that's first, good. first girl I've ever been with who's just been like like let's stay up and watch it and I'm like Oh my do you know how <laughs> like, many years yes! like, you know how many years I'd have to like stay up on my own or have to record it and wait for the next day or like um yeah you know try and watch it in bed and when anderson silver's leg got snapped <laughs> off chris's i'd have to go <gasps> try and be sick inside my mouth instead of all over the bed no but um you know like just different things like you know like it's yeah. nice to be 
Like just, the relationship yeah. becomes very casual very quickly. Yeah, but she's uh, super supportive. She's like, yeah, because obviously she knows the boundaries that I, um, the barriers that I have that is limiting my progression at the moment. Mm. And she's just like, look, and it was, she's kind of like a bit, a bit of a PR. Like she'll go, yeah. look, we can do this, we can do that. <laughs> like you need to, if you want to do this, then we need to do it now. Like yeah. blah, blah blah. She's really and pragmatic. Really, yeah, like but. Whereas I'm quite, I'm, I'm a typical, like, if you believe in horoscopes, I'm a typical Pisces. I'm typical, very dreamy. I'm going to achieve everything. Things will fall into place. Whereas she's like, um, Aries and very like fiery and just like, no, we're going to do this, this, this is. And she makes shit happen. She's task oriented. Yeah. If she wants something to happen, she makes it happen, which is good for me. Um, Does she have like three different apps where you can make lists? and tick things off <laughs> yes yes yeah um at the moment it's the holiday thing what's got to go into the hand luggage what's got to go in the thing but it's great like sometimes i think i'm way way too chilled out for um her and sometimes she's so like organized i should say anal just for the joke she's so anal but, <laughs> but um, no but it's great because we sort of just work in tune um yeah. but you know she's she's said like if if you're gonna because if you're gonna make it into UFC then like yeah I know you keep saying like it's because the issue I have is if I'm gonna progress in MMA and um, mm. do get into the UFC which I've always wanted to do and be do really good at like because I know I've got the capability to do so and the attitude yeah. to be able to do so um, it's just the issue is is my frame yeah I'm not naturally gifted with this five foot two um, <laughs> small framed woman i was not born like that i've been I'm, you're not five foot two no but no i'm five foot oh. seven or, no no but I, I wasn't naturally born with a five foot two petite frame which will get yeah. me into the ufc if with six fights on them about because they need females in that category yeah i've got the same i'm the same height as chris cyborg i stand at the same weight as chris cyborg no I, i'm definitely i've got the muscle mass of chris cyborg but for me to try and get to 60 to 65 kg it's a struggle i need i would need professionals around me it's a struggle for me to make 70 Mm. like i need a professional personal trainer i need a professional nutritionist because look at chris cyborg yeah she nearly kills herself making 65 if i'm trying to make 60 to 65 with no professionals around me they're not there's a possibility that you know, You're you see it, it. You see these freak accidents, and I don't want to be one of them people. Well, like, look what happened to um, was it Max Holloway? Yeah. Who's yeah. like had a concussion, and now he's they're, they're um, talking about he might not be able to fight again. Mm. Like it's insane, all yeah. because of the weight cut. Exactly. Like, and did you watch the video of um, Darren Till and yes. his savage weight cut? Yeah. It's like it's insane, and he still didn't make weight. Yeah, but this <laughs> is the thing, like unless. Um, unless they get I don't unless I have the funding and the money to mm. do it then that's the case um, so that's why at the moment I'm enjoying Brazilian Jiu Jitsu because although I haven't got the funding or the money to go and compete where, everywhere where I want to yeah. um, you know when I can compete and when I do have the money to like just go and compete I do do that I put it aside and I go and I do well get golds or whatever and yeah. Um, but even then it's still like you know, I. It's not often enough to yeah. build that presence. Yeah, and I think it's hard because, f- 
for me, the amount of knowledge I have, mm. like that's why I enjoy coaching so much because that's the only way at the moment I'm able to show my knowledge like if that yeah. makes sense because I think any practitioner of martial arts is that you want to sort of show what you've learned that's why we compete yeah. no one competes just to compete there's that mannerism of going I'm going to go and compete yeah. to show what I've learned or mm. look at what I need to improve on kind of thing and well, take I it think away. there are two different mindsets to that like there are the people who um, enter competition because they have something to prove but then you also have the people who enter competition because they have something to prove to themselves. Mm. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's, it's two different mindsets. Like, um, I know personally when I go to compete, I want to test what I know against people, my level, my weight, because it's not something that I have readily accessible in my gym. Yeah. So I'm always fighting people a lot lighter than I am, uh, a lot uh more slender and wriggly and stuff so it's nice when I get to fight other women like my height my weight and like uh my like style of fighting um like you were saying before if uh if we were to have uh, a role like because we have very similar styles it would be a lot of fun like for me Mm -hmm. I know that much because like we both want to progress the position. None of us are gonna. Neither of us are gonna like sit down and uh, count points and stall and everything because we both just want to move and and yeah. fight. But then you do have the people that are just there to kind of boost their own ego or um, like boost their own profile in the sport. They're not mm-hmm. there to test themselves. They're there for um, to they're there to get something from it. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. No, massively. Because mm. um, as I'm saying, like I don't have the ability to go like, like, look, like this is how, like you know, like because I, I always say like when I go somewhere, I like to put on a show. Yeah. And it's not a show like Conor McGregor where I'm walking around, like, Ooh, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like to put on a show, and that's why I turn up to fight. Like that's yeah. why I'm there to fight. I'm not a staller. I'm not. I like, I like the thing of being able to go. Yes, I've done this, or I've done that, or I've made this move happen, and you know. Yeah. Um, and that's why I enjoy coaching so much because I get to give my passion for like going mm. and into people, and like I'm seeing my students progress, and you know. Like I called him like he's 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 called Giorgio Fusco, um, one of my <laughs> students. Um, but he's actually got a lordship because he got brought some land when he was younger. Aww. So I've named him um, Giorgio the Lord Fusco. So Lord Fusco. That's got his biggest fight name. But we could you know play. <laughs> but um, but no like to see him and I know that he's gonna do really well in his career and know that I've been the in, an integral part well mm. the only coach he's ever had and know that whatever he achieves is you know not it's down to him and the time he puts in and his commitment and his yeah, but the way can, his brain works but to, for me to feel that pride to go you know what like you contributed I've, to him yeah I've contributed yeah. to him, his career and been an essential part to it it fills me with pride because yeah I can't gain that pride via yeah. myself at the moment does that make yeah it sounds terrible because but it's not though because i get the same like i i don't teach but um when i roll with um like especially some of the um the newer girls like 
I'll show them a move and then I'll see them catch it on someone else. And yeah. I get hit with like those little pangs of pride. Like, oh, I showed her how to do that. Yeah, exactly. And like they come up to me afterwards all excited. Like, did you see? Did you see? I done it. I done it. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. And like, I, I really enjoy that aspect of the sport because like, I don't know about you, but there is a part of me that's like, I found jujitsu at a very tough time in my life. Mm-hmm. And um, like, I was struggling a lot and it gave me my confidence back. Um, It allowed me to be the best version of me. And there is a part of me that wants to give back because I got so much from it. So um, when I do think about um, like showing uh, like white belts some like uh, like small details that I find beneficial, especially if they're like kind of my size and weight and go actually because of your size and weight you can probably just apply mm. pressure here and then you can get the same result than if you were to make like the big uh, balloon movements and stuff um like just little things in giving back like it makes me feel like i'm contributing to something bigger yeah and that's what i enjoy about the sport no definitely because I, I found um bjj in a half time too like just going through um stuff in my personal life and it was it's definitely like the gym that I chose to go to I couldn't have asked for a better gym like, I'm mm. surrounded by some of the best fighters in the world and competitors and just decent people in general um like you know the high level guys and everything and girls and um you know like I, you know I'm really happy with where I've ended up and what I'm achieving mm. and it is one of these things is like everyone always turns around to me and goes why didn't you just stay with the sports you've got black belts in and it like you know because you can just yeah. like you know I, I know some people who could do judo um, from this age of four and they'll still be doing it till the age that they're 70 yeah. 90 years old and they'll have so many dams and all this but for me like it's not like I'm hunting down black belts it's no. I like that thought of being shit at something and getting better at it and seeing yeah. myself progress and then being able to go oh, I'm achieving something like it's like the other day I got my second stripe on my blue belt to someone it's like it's a stripe it's not a belt promotion but to me every single stripe I get on my yeah. belt is a belt promotion it's an acknowledgement it's it's like sometimes it's easy in martial arts to forget that you're progressing yes and and let especially now when I'm like can't go and compete to prove to myself that I'm progressing and fight the people like you know fight and then win medals to go yes I am progressing I'm doing better I'm doing this so them simple stripes Mm. like sort of uh like yes you are it's like kind of saying you are when you can't see that you can because you're not doing the competitions to sort of reassure yourself that you are if it's a bit of a weird way of putting it but like um, the one the thing that I find, um, well, it's something that I actually quite enjoy about jujitsu is like you'll learn 90% of the moves that you're going to use your whole career at white belt and you spend the rest of your jujitsu career just getting better at doing those moves. So it's not like the syllabus is constantly expanding because it's not, you're just, um, like, focusing in and getting better and better at putting these things together and it's like learning a new language where you're starting to string sentences together and you're able to talk more fluently in that language Mm. um 
that's something that I, I really enjoy about it. And like, as soon as you have that realization and like, like you say, you don't see your progress because you tend to, um, like you tend to train and spar with the same people over and over again and they're all progressing at the same rate as you so it's not until someone new comes to the gym and you're like haha I can smash you straight away because you're a lowly white belt and I'm I'm brilliant (laughs) yeah definitely but But, uh, like it's like what you're saying like I still will go to all the fundamental classes yeah and I'll probably be the highest ranked belt in there and people are thinking well why the hell are you doing that but it's like my point of view is I, I, because of my transition from white belt to blue belt was so quick because it needed to be because of my background knowledge yeah. um, and disciplines, like, I somewhat, like, missed, although I knew all the moves, I somewhat mm. missed the Brazilian jiu-jitsu touch to it, if that makes yeah. sense. Um, so I still go to them all now and I'm still learning things in the fundamental classes and I'm, like, going... Oh, if I knew that, I could have beat yeah. that brown belt the other day. Like, what the hell's happening here? But no. Um, but but I was having that conversation with Melanie Doran the other day, and she's saying that she's like she's a black belt now, and she still goes to the fundamental classes mm-hmm. because, um, like, everybody has holes in their games, and everybody's gonna find something somewhere that fills one of those holes. So it doesn't matter that you're the highest ranked person in that class as long as you're taking something away from it Mm. and like um what was i saying i had a really good analogy for it when i was speaking to rosie but not so much today i think i'm just tired (laughs) (laughs) longer yeah but um yeah like you can't overlook the fundamentals essentially like you can have your preference and um you can have the things that you enjoy doing, but at the same time, you have to be aware of everything. So you can't just skip something because you don't like it, because you're going to get hit with that. And as soon as someone sees a hole in your game, they'll exploit it. No, massively. Yeah. No, massively, because um, I 100% agree with that, because even just, I know it sounds stupid, but if you want to get exploited in your martial arts, just roll with white belts. Because mm. they'll do something that you're just not predicting. Like, yeah. you, you could roll with your professors, and because it's like a sequence, you know which you just flow into the sequence until yeah. the person doesn't know any more in the sequence, and then you get tapped. But um, with white belts, they're just freaky. They'll they just throw do something weird out of left shit, field. and you're just like, well, I didn't see that one coming. And it's like <laughs> you're having to really use your brain to like move to whatever they're doing. And don't get me wrong, yeah, you tap them loads, but it's like. You still, I always find myself learning from them and having mm. to really like switch my technique on, especially when they like they get to that point in their um, like their jujitsu career where they're just starting to see attacks. Like they're no longer the nail. Like they can they can start seeing like odd things here and there. Like you get the ones that just try to strong arm everything and like mm. push through. But then you'll get um, the odd moment where they have that like split second of clarity and they go, I can do this. And like they'll just see something and go for it. And yeah. you're like, what? How is this even possible? How do you move that way? You're a weirdo. Yeah, it's like um, it's like I was asked obviously like um, by a couple of people to talk about whether experience in sexism and martial arts and yeah. I've always said like never really experienced it from like high belt 
Yeah. It normally always comes from white belts and men just not knowing how to fight women or yeah. not appreciating the fact that you're a martial artist and not looking at the time you've done it or the time you spent and just looking at you and going, you're a female and I shouldn't be getting beat to you. Like beat. Mm. And it's like breaking down that ego. So I know it's frustrating like um, being in the fundamentals at times and you having these white belts make comments and that. But yeah. at the same time, if I'm not in them fundamentals kicking their ass, they're never going to learn. Yeah. So do you know what I'm saying? So it's like I come out of you know a class with some white belts and they're patronising me to shit like going, God, well done, congratulations for getting me with that. It's like well, I should be getting you with it. Like <laughs> I'm a higher belt. I've like you know I've worked my ass off for 22 years in martial arts. If I don't get a big ass throw on you or a big ass submission, I'd be worried about myself. Mm. And it's like always correcting them, like saying, you know, did you, would you say that to a male at my level? Well, mm. no. So don't say it to me. And it's like, it can be frustrating. It can be this. But at the same time, it's like, as a woman, I need to be in them classes. Like, I need to be in them classes to sort of kick their ass, to educate them that there's no gender on the mat. It's just martial arts. Yes. It's just martial arts. And that's exactly the same as competitions. Like, with um, the, the stuff that, you know, you've gone through competitions. Mm. Sorry, I don't care. I, I don't care I, how many times I've turned up to places and there's been no girls and I've went chuck me in the chuck me in the blokes category. Yeah. Oh, can't do that. It's like why? why? I'm exactly the same level. I'll spar them in the gym. Yeah. What difference does it make in a competition? Oh, legalities. And it's like I don't give yeah. a fuck. If I can't, if I can't beat, like you put me in that category of guys. If I can't beat them, then I need to learn. I yeah. need to learn how to beat them. And then you do telling, and then people can come along and go, oh, you can't have trans women in women's categories. Why? Yeah. Why? It's to me that's ridiculous because I'm not being funny. If like, if I can't be a trans woman that technically has no testosterone in her body at all, mm. um, obviously you know more than me on that, but <laughs> has no testosterone, and I've probably got more testosterone than you in my body and more strength and yeah. power because of that. Then there's something wrong with my technique that I need to work on. So come here, yeah. I'll have a role and I'll learn because I'm never going to treat you any different as I would a yeah, female, a cisgender else. female, or a male. Like I'm, if I'm going to compete, yes, there's these rules where I have to compete in the women's category. But my God, if the rules were different, I'd, I'd probably go, come here, lads, I'll, I'll, have a fight. I'll give you a fight. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because I didn't yeah. train it. Like it, and it pees me off in all honesty. I'm sure it does you too. Like yeah, but, but it's frustrating. But um, like, like I say, I've never really had any issues at competition. Mm. It's always conversation around me competing, like on it. It's mostly online. Like mm. everyone that I speak to at competitions is like so supportive and uh, just happy that I'm there. And like the the girls that I have fought in competition have been like nothing but appreciative for the role because you do find like where the brackets are so small anyway Mm. everyone's just excited for another fight yeah (laughs) like i'd rather have four fights and have you in the bracket than have like two fights and you not in the bracket like it's it's silly and like um yeah like (sighs) the attitude toward it isn't going to change without representation. 
and like the same goes for women um because our because women are a minority in the sport anyway it's very difficult to um demonstrate like the benefits of jujitsu when like you're going to competition there's like only a handful of women so um like i speak to everyone on the podcast about the engagement of women in the sport and how to get more people from like this side of the mat to that side of the mat and to get them started in training and stuff and like representation is like the most key element to it and i say that for for trans people for for women in general for um people with mental health issues especially like uh depression anxiety suicidal tendencies all of that because physical exercise is great but you also have this sport that's not just physically engaging but mentally engaging Mm -hmm. and that's like i've spoken about this like a million times before but that's what uh, drew me to the sport a lot more because i was able to like stop and not have to worry about all of the other issues going on in my life mm-hmm. I could just like be in the present and yeah. I, I love that aspect like just of the sport like yeah. and it is reading that flow where you're just like in it and you just don't care for anything else that's happening but that yeah. it's like if I don't experience that flow of just martial arts per week I'm crazy yeah like, I mean I, <laughs> exactly. need, I need that I need that fix in my life to just sort of help me it's like counselling and that's mm. why it frustrates me so much is because when there is this underground sort of like um like thing going online and debates about it. it's like going wait a sec can we all agree that this martial arts is beautiful well every single time you're saying comments like that you're making people feel like it's not an acceptable sport mm. because the sport's acceptable it's the odd people in it who are shouldn't mm. and sorry you are no representative of this sport yeah you you cannot speak for this sport and this is what frustrates me is people, because they do this sport, they feel like they can speak for it. Sorry, did you invent martial arts? Mm. Are you a <laughs> Japanese samurai from the night? Like, no, you are fucking not. You didn't yeah. invent fighting. You didn't invent martial arts. So why should you have a say on who can partake in it? Yeah. You don't have a say in it, so shut your mouth. And I'm sorry, to, like it winds me up. <laughs> My point of view is martial arts, everyone should learn. everyone should learn it's so good Mm. i think it's part of our human nature to want to fight and to get hands on and grasp and just you know like just physically like chuck each other around like i think it's something but don't do it in a like a horrible way do it in a polite way when that's why it's like cuddling and that's why when people can say homophobic comments i'm always laughing and even this this is what i get to take the piss out of straight men (laughs) wrestling (laughs) For the, for the gay, gay at, at heart. heart. Because when they say it, I'm like going, well, wait a sec, you're, you're more gay than a lot of gay men because you're rolling with more men and putting your dick near their bits more than any other yeah. gay men. And I say it all the time. I'm like, sorry, I've probably been in more 69s during jiu-jitsu than I ever have in my lesbian relationships, <laughs> do you know? But this is where I always find it hilarious. Like, yeah. Because you are no... You cannot speak for a martial art. A martial arts is w- what... It's mm. personal to someone. Yeah. So that that is... Isn't, you cannot breach... Like, pretty much, you cannot um, preach your view on a martial arts that isn't your... Like, it's that isn't that owned you by own. you. Yeah. And this is where I always see it as, like, if you don't... Own, you don't own martial arts, so you can't control you can't police who's in it you can't control Mm. who's in it 
That's what I'm saying. Like, shut your mouth and just keep your head down. Mm-hmm. Like, do you know, like, the, and that's why there's so many people in, like, I, obviously me coaching my classes. I have so, like, and I'm, I have so many people try and get into my classes. So many people ask for one-to-ones. And I know exactly who they are. I know exactly, I look, I only have to look at the profile <laughs> and I, I say I'm busy. Nah. I ain't got the time. Yeah. And, like, I'm very selective of the people I coach. Yeah. Like, I run, I run, like, I've got a load of lads under me at the moment. And I can honestly say, like, they're a decent bunch of lads. And sorry, if if I chuck you out of my class or I say I'm busy, it's probably because there's something not all right with you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not I'm mm. not coaching people. I'm not having you represent the martial arts that... Um, that you love. That I, I love, but... I'm, I'm not saying you can't do much go do martial arts but I always say there's a coach for everyone mm. I always and I I'm so honest when people come to me I, I'm going I may not be the martial artist um, martial arts coach for you but there will be someone for you so that's why I don't pass judgment to the MMA gyms I've gone in where it's a load of meatheads on steroids yeah you do that because you're at the right gym but when you're in my gym I am very selective of the people I coach but that's how you, you know you can be but this is where I'm saying there's a difference between sort of saying I own martial arts and you can't do it well no yeah. that's wrong I've said my former martial arts and the people I want to re- represent me as a coach are the pe- these type of people yeah if you're, and I, I will always be 100% honest if someone comes in and they're just there to fight and bare knuckle boxing mm. and I don't pass judgment on that. I just say, yeah. look, I ain't the coach for you because this is, I'm very, martial yeah. arts to me is spiritual. It's a personal mm. growth. Um, you you don't you, represent what I see the sport as being. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean I won't help you. It doesn't I will mean help that you're you, wrong. It doesn't mean you're wrong. I'll just help you find the right gym for you yeah. where you will be happy and you will get the best out of what you want. Mm. Because I have guys come in and they go, when we do sparring, it's like, yeah. well, wait, it's, it's, mate, you don't even know how to do a shrimp first. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, let's work on the basics. For, and the, a lot of them won't come back then because I'll say to them, look, you need to learn these basics or otherwise you're just going to be sparring, doing, like... Hurting everyone. Like, yeah, not even... It could just be... But you're going to be learning sloppiness. Mm. In, in And this is my coaching philosophy is that you have to train the way that you want to compete. If you like train sloppy then you'll fight sloppy so my yeah. point of view is let's learn these basics let's get them down then we can put it into flow rolling where you learn you put an implement in it and then we can get to the more flashy stuff and do all mm. that at a later date but if you go if i go first session yeah you can't even do that but go roll now you're just going to get mauled you're going to get disheartened and secondly like what have you done because all you've done is move your body around probably in the incorrect manner of how you need to move it giving straight arms doing this yeah. and because you're doing it and it may work for that one you may then think that giving straight arms will work every single time no like no but that's but that's how i i see it but i yeah. know plenty of coaches that will go yeah just go because they may be coaches that uh they just want people to experience martial arts and have fun and do that and mm. i'm all for that yeah. I'm all for people just going and having fun and rolling about. But if it, if you're representing me, I'm very technical. I want people to know why they're doing something, know yeah. how to do something. And, and to like, roll safe. Yeah, and like, 
you know like and that's it shows it takes time like time for my fighters and it takes time to get them to that level but like so George and a couple of the other girls that I've coached when they've gone and competed they've beat guys and girls with you know three years experience on them and they've gone in with six months and been that because I have drilled the basics of how to survive i.e these are the movements you do you don't turn your back like if I'm rolling and they turn they turn the wrong way or you do got you do got your back to then you never do that and I've drilled it in them that's so much so they never get their back to they never end up in compromised positions mm. and I've always went before you learn how to put on submissions you're going to learn how to escape them first because yeah. more than likely it's a white belt you're going to be putting them more than you will um achieve them yeah so and like with george i'll only have to show you one of his fights and he was against someone 10th planet guy with three years experience and him with his six months experience and he beat him because it went to the end where they you know where you have to like take the back yeah. and survive and all this and um he like had to go in spider and all that but through it he survived he got put into submission and every single one i was going relax you're going to move your arm you're going to do this and you can hear me literally like just speak to him and he's doing yeah. exactly what i say he's escaping every single one and you just see everyone looking at me going like oh, bloody hell like she knows huh? and like he was putting an arm triangle and i went don't worry he won't get it he won't get it because guess what he hasn't done and then <laughs> and and it, because i always say the principles of submissions if mm. they haven't got all these principles into place it won't work yeah and i get them to identify that so they don't panic straight away they go actually my shoulder's not in this is this mm. but george was able to go yeah he hasn't slid down onto my chest he hasn't moved up onto my throat so that tr- arm triangle won't happen yeah. so when, it won't happen because he hasn't done what like and he, i could see george <laughs> go oh yeah so he stopped panicking then and went okay so what i want you to do is put your arm to the floor try yeah. and get your arm to the floor turn towards him like you know get your arm to the floor he's doing it i'm going help your arm by using the other one and I'm coaching like this and he he goes oh yeah so then he's moving his arm and pushing it down with the other arm then and he escaped mm. but we it's that thing where it's actually quite comical to watch because it's so chilled and just like look you know your principles you know you can escape this so how are we going to escape it mm. okay this is how we're going to escape it and we you know did that he ended up you know they the guy wanted to put him in an arm bar and I said to him before he went on the mat I was like okay what you're going to do is straight away, I want you to move to this grip. I want you to stack him. I want you to roll over and because um, he's going to underhook your leg because that's what all the Temple Planet guys were doing. Yeah. Straight away. Um, <laughs> he went on the mat. Okay. Time. Boom. And then rolled over. Like I just said, all I want you to do is bridge and flip your legs over the top and you'll be out, you'll be out in a second. And he did it, and he got out within two seconds. Like, literally two... I think it was, like, two, like nearly three seconds on the clock. And they were all going, God, like... Because this... And then I went, okay, you've got three seconds. You just... I went, you're taking his back. Because he, he... he In his head, he was like, oh, I'll do spider two, because he loves an armbar. I went, no, no, no. No. You're taking his back. <laughs> you're going to sit on his back. You're going to hold on to him. And I was like, and you have three seconds to hold on to him, then you can do whatever you want. Mm. And uh, <laughs> in the thing, and he went, oh, okay. And I was like, make sure your chin's in his shoulder and you are not. <laughs> I was like, you're holding on for dear life like a backpack. And he did it. And I went, one, two, three. I was like, go on, go for the rear naked choke now. Like, you know, just like, you know, have fun. And he did it and he won. And everyone was like, 
you know, coming up to me going, God, you're such a great coach and that. Because all the other coaches there were just shouting like, move, move. Yeah. But, but this is where I always say to my fighters, I identify their style and I go, okay, like, let's have a look. This is how you learn. So George learns by words. So it could be if he's in a triangle, um, if he's got someone in a triangle and it's not working, I just have to say one word and I could go, mm. um, you know, shoulder. And he will know straight away all the shoulder, the shoulders out. That's why it's not working. So I need to turn more. So that's why I give them the understanding of what the principles are. OK, so arm it could be arm and so he'll look at the arm and he knows that the arm may need to be here or Mm. if it's not knees together so squeezes the knees together so give them the principles of that so they know straight away what that word is connected to Mm. a way of sort of finishing that fight um but i've got other girls and other lads who work by numbers and they they don't have a word like if I say a word to them so say if I went shoulder they'll go oh am I grabbing the shoulder am I doing this shoulder shoulder? am I moving my shoulder whereas if I go two straight away they'll go oh I need to do this and then movement for two (laughs) so they work by numbers and movements and these are things that I learned at university by doing a sports coaching degree where it was like going how do you get the best out of your thing and I was looking Mm. at different things and it was like martial arts a lot of the time is what put on a shirt look and see and talk mm. and like that's why in all my competitions i have laura barker in my corner i always say bralia you shut the hell up because firstly i can't understand a word you're saying <laughs> you're shouting because you're so poor like brazilian and like you're speaking in portuguese and, and i'm like going I've, what are you even chatting i know in one fight i'm looking over my shoulder like giving him the eyes like what is happening whereas whereas with laura laura knows how i work and she's going she's going so like you know knees together and yeah. like, oh my knees i've got to get my knees together or does this or that but even she turns around and goes sometimes i don't know how to coach you because you just do some freaky ass mma shit and it works and i don't know <laughs> mma like or she'll mm. turn around and go you'll do some judo footwork and i don't know that but that's fine because i trust my own knowledge to know that that's what i'll work on but when it comes to finishing stuff that's where you know i need you to help me with like you know when that's why in mma i always say you know in mma i've always never just focused on mma i've never just went all i'm going to do is mma i'm Mm. only going to do it no actually i'd rather have a boxing coach in my corner a Brazilian jiu-jitsu coach in my corner and then an MMA coach in my corner. So pretty much then, or wrestling, you know, like a judo coach, mm. all that, because then I have one coach that brings it together, but everyone else going, like, it could be a judo coach going, okay, she, she like, a wrestling coach going, okay, this is what she should be doing off that counter. And then the boxing coach can go, yeah, and then she could work it off this punch, blah, 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 blah. So mm. then the MMA coach comes in and then brings it all together because that, to me... That's how I work as a martial artist. I can't just go in and do MMA classes because, I, for me, it's just a bit boring to do that. Yeah. It's a bit, re- like, over top. Whereas when I'm learning all these things and I'm getting to be creative and then bring it together for an MMA coach to go, yeah, we'll bring together your traditional styles and have your own martial arts that you worship. That, to me, is, like, so yeah. much better than just solely doing MMA. Mm. And that, But that's 
because that also acknowledges your past as a martial artist like yeah. if someone understands that you're not just um an MMA fighter but you also have like a traditional background in uh, jiu-jitsu and um boxing and football <laughs> like <laughs> you have all of these things that you you have as a basis and it's about their understanding as a coach to bring all of that together and make it work for you rather than just saying okay now we're going to teach Thai boxing on top of everything you've already got yeah. and we're going to link that with um like some wrestling and some jujitsu mm. it's like I saw a meme the other day where um like it was comparing um like an MMA fighter to a martial artist it's like MMA fighter master of none like in big words underneath and you have like the martial artists where it's like your um your focus is on one thing and like your karma and you have like the the bare spirit and everything and mm. it's like how do you get the best of both of those where it's not a it's not a point of you being a master of none it's you using all of the stuff that you have to your best advantage and that's where you have the difference in coaches that are out there mm-hmm. at the moment because you have people who like um <laughs> what's his name who was Ronda's coach? We were just like, oh, uh, Edmund. Good. Yeah, I'm going to teach Edmund, you. Edmund, Edmund. <laughs> like, I don't think that head movement's going to happen when she's like trying to hug someone. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, let's just forget about your judo background and teach you how to box poorly. Like, okay, brilliant. Mm. Like, it, it never helped her. Like, you, It's like, I've, I've always said, like, I'm not, like got some good kicks on me and I can box but am I going to want to stand and get punched in the face no I'll take you to the ground yeah that's my style I'll always say I'm never going to be a good striker like I'll never be that striking will never be my game mm. um so I have to make sure my wrestling and my judo is on point to get you to the floor but that's why I always found with um Ronda is like that's what stalled her is because you, sometimes you just got to accept that something you're not going to be good at like do you know yeah. what I mean and I, I, I said like, even when with the Holly fight, why are you trying to box one of the world's best boxers? Yeah, like it is insane to try and do that, and your ego must be through the roof to think that you can stand up and do it, and then trying to hug her, hug her with open arms as a judo fighter. Sorry, you're gonna get picked apart because she'll move mm. off, she'll circle off, and she'll throw loads of shots down the middle where your arms are open. Whereas what they could have done is get a really good wrestler coach in and go, you know what, for your judo to work, you need to aim for hips and then move up to, um, yeah. aim for the hips, pretend to go for a double, then move up for your big throws. So you slide up her body as she goes to defend your takedown. Because mm. that's what I was watching. I was like, if I, when everyone was asking me who's going to win, who's going to win, I, I was like going, well, they've both got the same, they've both got a chance of winning here yeah. because if Holly moves off, the circle don't let her grab her uses all her striking experience and sprawling and that yeah. when she's gonna fuck she's her going up. To, yeah but Rhonda kept coming in to grab her head mm. sorry that's your that's your end goal with anything you have an end goal if you put a combo together this is my point if you put a combo together you never yeah. throw every single shot heavy no you throw you open it open it up boom then you've got your end shot if it's um Brazilian jiu-jitsu with there's a whole point of takedown position like past the legs yeah. position submission well you don't just go submission so why was Rhonda going 
Haragoshi or mm. like fro. But no. it, it, she should have went to the hips, moved up, then got to the end goal but that she wanted. For like, it's, I think especially for the um, the Holly fight, it was more that more a case of that she was um, she had an inflated ego at that point. And like she was in films and everyone was telling her how amazing she was and she just started to believe her own hype and that was her ultimate downfall like in my opinion like I don't think she prepared for that fight as much as she should have she like like she had a crazy schedule at that point mm. and like but then also like it does hurt my feelings to know that um her uh, like a part of me is like how can your spirit be so weak that one defeat means that you you don't want to fight again and then it like the UFC were hyping her up again when she went to fight Amanda Nunes and Amanda Nunes is one of the scariest fighters you will ever witness like she yeah. is a beast and like I've always said I'd fight anyone yeah. <laughs> I'd fight anyone, but for them I'd want a bit of a bigger purse. Like yeah. when Gabby Garcia struggles to get MMA fights, I'm yeah. like, give me a call because if the purse is big enough, I, I need the money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'll have a go at her. I'll probably do better than a <laughs> five foot Japanese 70 year old. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but I've like, heard it here first, Gabby. <laughs> <laughs> but with the um, Amanda Ronda fight, I didn't hear Amanda's name mentioned once in all the promotional materials or like return of the queen she's coming back to take her title she came back and got punched in the face because she didn't she did exactly the same as what she did the last fight (laughs) yeah because one her coach is a moron and two like again like they they were hyping her up and she started to believe that she was better than she was and it's uh it's not right but this is where i've always said as a as a coach, your fighter is always going to outgrow you at one point. Yeah. And I think that you have to accept that. And this is where, like, I look at the really good fighters and the fighters that have lasted and progressed is because their coaches have turned around and went, I'll always be your main coach, but what we're going to do is bring people in. Yeah. And I'm sorry, that I think that's... You've got... And I think this is the issue with coaches is there's so many coaches with egos. Mm. They get one good fighter and they think they're the world's best coach. No, sorry, you were the best coach for them at the time. But But that fighter will outgrow you because there's only so much knowledge we have as coaches. Mm. And this is where I always say you have to be as a coach. You have to be aware of the fact that someone could possibly give better knowledge than you. And that's why I will never, ever say that anyone teaches a move wrong. Mm. No one ever teaches the move wrong. They just teach it differently and they teach it due to their experiences. So although it may not be the best thing for me or the best thing for other people, it's the best, obviously the best thing for them because that's why they're believing to teach it. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I see some martial arts online and I'm pissing myself laughing going, this is terrible, <laughs> What? how can you teach that? But there's levels to, you yeah. know, there's levels to it. If it's that thing where they're like thinking that they're spiritually pushing someone over... <laughs> But then again, I haven't been spiritually pushed over, so till I've yeah. seen it, I don't, can't judge, can I? <laughs> it's true, it's true. Till it's happened to me, I can't judge. Uh, um, I am a little bit conscious that we've gone a little bit off track. But there is a question that I have wanted to ask mm. you um, about um, like LGBT representation within the sport in general. Like, mm-hmm. when you... Like, 
the numbers in general regarding the LGBT community, like you're looking at what one in, I don't even know what the numbers are. Like when it comes has there been any research into it? No, not. I'm not yeah. talking about within the sport. I'm talking about in general. Like, what is it? Like one in ten, one in fifteen, one in a hundred. No. Like no, straight to thing. I don't know. Yeah. But like, there's a huge number of um, like LGBT people on the planet, and I I know for a fact that. Like they are in the sport and there is representation there, but there's like there's representation there, but there isn't representation there. Mm. Like, what do you think is the biggest barrier to um, people just being out in the sport? Like, because it's not even just martial arts. Like, you can't like who, how many like gay footballers do you know of? How many gay like any sports people? I think the funniest thing is is that when we look at the history, um, the say lesbian tennis player Martina, what's her name? Um, Sharapova. Is it Sharapova? Is she the lesbian one from? I don't know. know. But I've probably got that completely wrong. Me too. Maria Sharapova is not lesbian. I'm pretty sure. No. Um, there was there was a she's famous. Um, Billie Jean King. The one who. Uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, what's her name? Anyway, anyway, you know the tennis they, lady. They will know what I'm going on about. She's got blonde hair. Um, <laughs> but she she even said that when she came out as gay, um, her sponsorship cut the money that she was winning cut. Mm. And I think this is a massive thing that. Um, happens in sport is that there's one way or the other that this can go you can either so tom daly yeah he's made a lot of money out of being gay in his sport Mm. fair play like but there is many people that have lost out sponsorship opportunities because they are gay not so much anymore but i think that that's always sort of a play on ears of how it can affect their sport by coming out Mm. now in martial arts, it is seen as like there's more lesbians out in martial arts than yeah. gay men because it's a more masculine. Uh, I, I quote yeah. that in the eyes of <clears throat> it's seen as a more masculine sport to be fighting. Mm. So it's seen as more acceptable. But we only have to look at Ronda Rousey, for example. How much more money has she made compared to other fighters who are gay? Yeah. Like so. Because she can be sexualised because they see her as a straight woman who they can sexualise. And we all know marketing and sexualisation yeah. is together and that makes you money. Mm. But would she have been as successful if she was gay? Or is that to do with the looks of a woman? Mm. So these are the things where I'm starting to think, like, if is that are them the things that affect? But then we look at the men and, like, how, as we've spoke to in martial arts, because of the bodily contact, it can be, they yeah. fear of becoming more becoming awkward or less accepted mm. to be contacting where like I've always said is that it's that casual homophobia as well that may just shy someone about coming forward about their partner like I won't name names but over over years I remember I was in a um, in a car park um, waiting to go in and train and I actually saw um, actually saw a lad get dropped off by their boyfriend yeah and look around scarily then did the quickest kiss goodbye and then like 
run off into the gym and a boyfriend go. And that was never mentioned. You know, I saw it and he saw me see it. Yeah. But I would never... That's You, you not, didn't bring it up no, with them. No, I would never ever bring it up with them because it's not... Unless they wanted to come and talk to me about it, it's not my story to ask. It's not my... Um, you know, it's not, yeah. it's not my place to say anything. Like, to me, let them be happy. But, you know, like... It, it's one of them things, I if... If you want to come out, you can, and I'm going to be there and support you and have you back. If not, then I'm supporting you still, and I'm having you back. Like, I, it's not up to me to, you know, out you in any such way or. Well, yeah. Um, <clears throat> like representation is a, like it's, it's a tough subject to broach because there's no one way of doing it, and every single. Um, every way has its like drawbacks like like you say you're by being um what's it called out (laughs) yeah by by being out and being present and being um seen you're putting a target on your back Mm. and it's either going to affect you um financially it's going to affect you um like uh by the sparring partners you get by the coaches that come to help you and all of this like it's like what we said earlier martial arts is an escape yeah it's an escape so if you're going there to escape would you want to tell everyone your what you're going through and the fear of it not now being an escape but you being persecuted persecuted because of who you are yeah and it's even it could be that you are not 100% happy with who you are as a gay man or a lesbian woman or a trans woman or trans man or bisexual and you go to martial arts as a way of like just escaping reality of who you are and everything yeah and if you bring it up to them and go oh I'm gay and then you know conversations happen and the jokes happen which is standard like Mm. that's something that we just take accept by being in that community that jokes happen i see it with people of islam like you know that like even they you know they receive jokes on the mats and all this like going oh you're fasting today or like you know yeah like um or gentle prodding yeah like like you know just jokes and that and it's like if that's if martial arts is your way of escaping then it shouldn't be nothing more than who you are on the mats it shouldn't yeah. matter about anything else but the person you are on the mats, i.e. the way the etiquette you have, the way you talk to people, the way you train with people. And that's why I take a lot of pride in being nice while fighting. Like for me, I don't I don't train like I'm about to win the world championship if I win this fight. Some people do. I see some people and they spar every single round like yeah like it's, it's their like last. it's their last round and it they're if they don't win they won't win the gold medal in the la worlds and all this but for me i don't i'm not like that i will be very respectful if i feel like i'm beating someone i ease off a little bit and let them have a go at you know and that's not me being patronizing because i don't tell them about it but i ease off a little bit and if someone's really good then I'll I'll step it up and I'll try my best but yeah it's about that etiquette on the mats and that's how I conduct myself but mm. everyone you know everyone to their own yeah like I don't know 
like with um with representation it's it's such an odd question because there is a part of you that like exposing that part of yourself to those to people in a gym does make you extremely vulnerable and like it being that personal with anyone anyway makes you very vulnerable like this conversation like Mm. I feel vulnerable because like I'm exposing part of myself that I don't really talk about very often Mm -hmm. to um like well one a stranger and to many other strangers who feel like listening to this and um doing that with people who you're not just a stranger with but you're also very um you get very physically close to and it Mm. it, like that's one of the things that's so strange about jujitsu like the community is as close as it is because you have to be um because of the close proximity that you share with these people it's very difficult to um have uh like boundaries between the people because mm. you have to be as open as you are like jujitsu in general is a very sexualized sport like yeah. just because of the positions and by exposing your sexuality to people who could possibly have um a negative reaction to it makes certain positions more compromising especially Mm -hmm. if you're forced to be paired with someone who knows that you're gay and out and has a problem with it like all it takes is one person to um like disrespect a tap or just generally go a little harder than they know they should and either you're injured and you can't train for a while or it demoralizes you and makes you feel like you can't go back and like that's like it's happened to me a couple of times where I know people have gone a bit harder than they should have and people have um put like arm bars or like someone heel hooked me a while back um and like I didn't know how to defend it I'd never seen it before so I didn't know when to tap and like they they razzed that on real quick and I know that it wasn't well I say I know like it, it didn't feel like it was them easing it on and going ah 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 you want to tap yeah. it it was them going you can get a puppy now yeah so it's it's strange because you're you're actively putting yourself in a compromising position mm. and like like straight cis people don't have to deal with this but um like in your life in general in my life in general there's always something in the back of my head that says is this going to be dangerous uh, because of who i am Mm -hmm. and having to constantly process that alongside um the the high pressure situation of jujitsu is it's difficult like, don't get me wrong, like I said before, I'm, I'm very good at compartmentalising aspects of my life. But there is always the, the stress of, like, all it takes is, like, a, a heavier fist bump than normal. I'm yeah. like, oh, um, it's going to be one of those roles. And, like, you just have to back up a bit quicker. Like, 
Um, yeah, it, I think, I think it's, it's like weird. understanding as well, isn't it? Like of because um, it's even like the other um, day I went down to Bristol Open. Mm. That's great, great thing that's happening for women to get together and everything. And um, you know, like I was rolling with some of the girls, and it's like I'm I'm one of them. I like um, I got a sweep and. I accidentally just did it too hard. Mm. You know when you just instantly do it and you don't expect to catch it as good as you did. Yeah. And I did, um, you know, I did a sweep and straight away I pulled it. I was like, are you okay? I'm really sorry. No, 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 it's fine, it's fine. Yeah. So I was like, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean... To. Because I generally expected the base to be quite stronger and yeah like you know them to be footing and i just did it with full force and then was like oh i'm so <laughs> oh, no. sorry and i was like you must think i'm such a bitch now but like you know like um it's like they've known you their whole life <laughs> okay exactly <laughs> um, but you know just it's, i agree like it's it's having that respect as well to know whether people mean what they're doing and like and like because let's put it this way we have a target on our back that if people don't agree with the way we live our lives yeah then we're putting ourselves in their a position where they may not want to listen yeah. to us tap they may put it on a bit harder than us to punish us because mm. of their beliefs yeah and we are trusting them we're trusting people and i've had it where i refuse to roll with some people because um because i've seen i've rolled with them and they've just been too aggressive and whether that's be- I've seen them be very aggressive towards all women yeah and whether that's because of their own ego where they feel the need they have to always win mm. or always sh- show dominance by smashing us to the floor then that to me is something where I'm like no I don't yeah. I'm not why would I waste my time I'm not going to learn anything from you do I try and do I do I go in and go full pow just to try and prove a point and try and tap you no because once again I don't feel the need to have to. Yeah. Like, it's not going to develop me in any way. It might knock you down a three pegs, but for the sake of me worrying about an injury, no. Like, mm. if I go into a competition, I'm, I'm, if I go into a competition, then you ex, you expect yeah. everyone to go full power. At training, no. Sorry, if you're going to go full power and act like it's a championship round and, like, possibly smash me up because... I'm a female and I'm beating you because I have that sometimes. Yeah. But like you get a submission on a bloke and you've got them in it and then they'll instantly just bicep curl you and smash you into the floor. Firstly, mm. slams aren't allowed. Oh, it wasn't a slam though because I just tried to pull my arm and you followed it up and then that. Yeah. But I'm like going, okay, but you would never have done that to a bloke. You'd have just tapped and went, oh yeah, you caught me good then. Let's go again. Mm. But don't get me wrong, it's not all, it's not, it's not all men. No, not but, at all. Like, it's just the odd couple that have a big ego. But that's the same with, um, like, the conversations that keep ha- being had about me on the underground. It's not all people. Mm-hmm. It's the. It's always a, mon- a minority that ruins it for everybody else. And, like, like I said, with um, Rosie in the last one, like, there are what nearly 12,000 people on that underground um yeah. group and there were like a, about a thousand comments between the two threads that happened and most of them were by the same people so yeah. you're looking at about what 10 15 people out of 12,000 yeah. that 
are vocal and yeah sure they make it shit for me but at the same time they're 12 people out of 12,000 so and you know but you know what pisses me off about that Mm. is why was the where was the other 11,900 and mate shut the fuck up yeah get them off delete them I ain't trying them with you Mm. and I know some people go oh it's not my issue I won't get involved but this is where where I always say like but you're that person that will see someone get bullied and you're not going to step in you are that person and how many times in martial arts most people you speak to and why they got into martial arts it was because of bullying Mm. so now you're once again seeing someone get bullied and you're not stepping up for him and would you have wanted someone to step up for you while you were getting bullied yeah so how about you step up and you kick these bullies out of your like you know kick these bullies out of that group and Mm. it's only a Facebook group or have a word with them or just go mate you're chatting shit shut up yeah. You know, just on a group like on that comment and I'm not I'm not saying that we require it because we don't no. you know what, we put up with so much shit as a community and we learn to just deal with it. Deal with it or look past it. But you know, it wouldn't be wouldn't half be nice every so often for some people to just jump in and stick up for us for once. Yeah. So we feel a bit of support, so we not don't feel alone. Yeah. Because But this comes back to what I was saying before about policing language. Like do I agree with what these people are saying, especially when their attacks are very personal? No, I don't. But I will defend their right to say it because, mm. one, everyone has the freedom to say exactly what they want, mm-hmm. and that's that's their God-given right. And But two, just because they say it doesn't mean I have to believe it. And, like, yeah, yeah they may be swaying other people's opinions at the same time, but a lot of people are able to sniff out bullshit. Yeah. And, like... But I I agree with you. Yeah. But how many times have you said that you are not strong enough at the moment to be able to not believe what they're saying? Yeah. And this is where I'm saying is they have an effect on you without even realising it. And I've had it. And this is what I'm saying is people don't re- people need to take responsibility for what they're saying and the effects it could have on someone so mm. I'm not being funny if someone if an, if enough people it's one of these you've got a self-fulfilled prophecy yeah. there's a thing called self-fulfilled pro- prophecy if I tell a kid that he's dumb he'll start to believe he's dumb so yeah. if and then if, stop trying if this community t- turn around to you and go you shouldn't be in it you shouldn't be in it you shouldn't be in it you shouldn't be competing there's only so much you're going to then not not believe it because although you've got all this support but yeah. because they're silent you're not hearing it mm. you were sh- we have to go no they they do they do support me I've got loads of support but the thing is it's nice every so often to actually hear the support mm. do you know what I mean hear it come in so you don't feel so like yeah so targeted because if you let's put it this way it's one person we're all susceptible to it. We could have about a thousand compliments, but one negative, we'll listen to that more than the a thousand. Com- but yeah. I'm not being funny. Then what? Fifteen people saying that. If you had eleven, that like, even if it wasn't eleven thousand, if it was just a couple of hundred people, so that it's something to just make you feel like you know what? My 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 rational thoughts of going, that's yeah. bullshit. You've got that sort of backing up to go. 
thank you. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm. And feel a bit better about this. And people don't... I'm all for freedom of speech. Yeah. I'm all for it. But people don't look past what they're saying and think what the mental effect could have. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but if you are a cisgendered, like, white male, more than likely, and I'm not saying all, but more than likely, you haven't really experienced what minority groups... You haven't experienced... Like, I will never, ever... Um, I will never, ever go comment if someone says that they experience this as a black person like as a black person person of color and they say i will never ever question what they're saying because i've never i've never been black to experience it so why do people suddenly think that it's okay like to then question me as a lesbian me coming forward and go i'm i'm a lesbian are you though like no sorry yeah and stuff like that it's like no you are not me i'm mm. telling you this so take my word for it like why why do people feel the need to question everything mm. we're telling them sorry i'm telling you i'm telling you that this is how it is to be me mm-hmm. this is my experience yes yeah. don't don't question it like do you know what i mean don't question it just accept it and you can make your own thoughts up off it but then don't affect me by saying it so if you come forward and said this is what it's like to be a, a, a trans woman i'm not gonna is it that i is yeah. that what it's like? No, uh, I'm not. Accu- I'm not represent the whole. I'm community. cis. I'm not trans. I don't. I don't. I can't question that because I've never had them experiences. So mm. everything you tell me, I'm going to take your word on it. Like, yeah. <laughs> because I I can't question otherwise. Mm. But that's my thing. There's a difference between having freedom of speech and not policing. But like that's I, the thing. There's you can have freedom of speech, but then you also have to understand that you don't have freedom of consequence. Mm. So you you can say whatever you want, but that doesn't mean that you're not going to experience something because of what you said. Mm. Just like um, what is it like <laughs> white supremacists? can say all the racist shit that they want doesn't stop them from getting punched in the face because what they say impacts people in a negative way and there are some people where you say certain things to them they will act out in violence yeah that's how the world works and um yeah like but this is what i'm kind of saying is back to that pose then pose yeah is where were the people punching them in the face like and I'm not saying I'm not saying that's the way forward but the way to go like if you commented on it where were the likes on you know all the likes of support just for that comment it only takes a little thing but I think the community just don't see it as a big deal they they support you and they don't feel the need to like do this don't get me wrong in the first one there was a lot more vitriol there was a lot more people um being reactionary and um speaking from their feelings and not from uh either experience or knowledge and understanding um what i did receive throughout that was um backing from the like there's a couple of women's jiu-jitsu groups on Facebook as mm-hmm. well and the conversation started there and I received a lot of support there mm-hmm. and that's a lot of support that I would have missed if it was in the underground because there were so many posts going on at the same time and it would have meant that I'd have to scroll all the way through to see yeah. like certain things so seeing like this um, 
outspread of support from like the UK female community saying every well most people in there were like I'd fucking fight you in a heartbeat and I have mm. like that was really cool and then when the second underground thing happened where um, I beat two of um, Wilson Jr.'s fighters at the I think it was like the Autumn Open or something like that conversation was a bit more stilted and in my favor where people were like jumping on him and saying actually no you're being a dick and you need to reevaluate your life mm. and like my issue with those threads has always been um like i i i'm very lucky in the like i am a strong person most of the time and I can handle what people say to me because I have support from my friends and family I have um a lot of good things going on in my life so I can I can take people um like trying to put things on me that's fine but like especially with the Wilson one like I was really pissed off because I had two really hard fights and especially the second one that I fought in the final, that girl gave me a hell of a fucking run. We ran uh, for five and a half minutes of a six minute round mm -hmm. and she got tired and I exploited it. That was it. But from what he was saying, I walked into that ring and just went submission, submission. And I took it without trying. And that's not fair, because then it's you're... not fair on your own yeah. fighters as well. Exactly. He's devaluing the skill of his own fighters. Mm. He's saying that I would have gone in there and won regardless of my skill set. I won those fights because I was the better fighter on the day. It has nothing to do with me being trans. It has everything to do with me being able to hand that, handle that situation the way I did. Like, technically, the first fight, um, the girl tapped early. She was, like... I had her in um, an Americana and she went, oh, like I hadn't got it on yet. And I was like, I stopped and went, did you tap? And she went, I don't know, maybe, I think so. And then the referee heard her say that and was like, oh, then that's it, that's up. And I was like, oh no, like, can we not just continue? And like, we couldn't continue because she tapped. And um, like, that was really gutting, but like I, I got to fight someone who like, she's one of my friends, so I, mm. we had a good time anyway. But, like, that second fight really irked me because, like, she tested me and I tested her. And it was a very even match. And for him to come out and say, all the women in my club are basically shit because they would have lost to you regardless. Like, mm. it's it's not fair yeah. on his fighters. And, like, he should never have said that. No, definitely. It hurt my feelings. <laughs> and I'm not even part of his club. Yeah. But then, like, you also had the rest of the underground shitting all over Wilson, um, asking for footage of his fights, because there is none. And he's he's not really done anything in competition, to the best of my knowledge. Mm. And he's roided up. So who's he to talk about unfair advantages? Yeah, which is really... It pisses me <laughs> off, man. It's like they all talk about, like... They they all go into the contents of what they don't know about hormones and that, but they'll all fucking shove a needle in their ass. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, and it's ridiculous. I'm like, you know, you're talking about unfair advantages, and you don't know anything about the mm -hmm. subject. Like nobody knows. Like I can't. I unless you're a doctor, I can't find out what hormones you've got going into. But like, you know what I mean? Like no, no, no one. 
I, I could, you know, who knows, I could be shaving my beard off. I could have, like, <laughs> shit loads of testosterone in me. Do you know what I mean? No one knows, though. Like, so but why, true. why do we question... Have... Why, why is it even a subject? Do you know what I mean? It's frustrating. Yeah. Unless you have your hormone profile taken, it's, mm. you, like, you don't know what your body is com- comprised of. And, like, so the argument that I tend to give with regards to me competing is always the uh, International Olympic Committee guidelines where yeah. you have like the 10 uh, nanomoles of testosterone as the level for um, like uh, fair competitive um, fighting. But like I said, in Dan's podcast, like most trans people operate at about uh, like between 0.5 and about 2. Uh, nanomoles because that's where we have to stay because if we don't then we don't get access to surgery Mm -hmm. and like that's kind of the end goal for like what about 80 85% of trans women Mm -hmm. so um, and like uh, normal hormone profiles for cis women are normally between like 1 and 2.5 but they can be as high as like uh, five or six and the whole point of the uh, testosterone profile going up to 10 nanomoles for females is because of the um, there's a condition called hyperandrogenism which is mm. what um, what's her name Kesta Samea um, she's like a an uh, Olympic runner and like yeah her, I've seen Jamaica is she Jamaica she's either Jamaican or Kenyan yeah but her argument is this is how my body operates you can't tell me to take performance enhancing drugs to reduce my hormone profile and she's well within her rights to say that mm. um like it's I, like it's like it's like it could be like turning around mm. and um saying like to a black person oh you got fast twitch fibers and that white person hasn't so you can't race them yeah it's like if, if your body is naturally like that then yeah sorry you can't question it like it's so, like yeah. you saying i refuse to fight a black woman because she has denser bones than i have yeah like it, <laughs> it's, it's so it's laughable at how stupid it is that's why i find it so funny when people like <laughs> moan about trans an and it's like me. it's like but the funniest thing is if i if i shame like you know if i was trans or say if i shaved my head and went into like a bloke's thing there'd be no comments because no. why because they see women instantly as a weak thing but if i beat every but if i beat everyone they wouldn't want to talk about it they wouldn't want to promote it they wouldn't mm. like and this way i'm saying it's like it is actually hilarious because i've always said it out of our community trans women have the hardest time yeah because they don't Generally, trans women don't fit the um, like they don't fit the beauty standard that women are held to. Yeah, and this is what I was saying earlier, wasn't it? It's yeah. like if like with the Caitlyn Jenner. But then <sighs> it's also um, like I was saying earlier on, you don't have like there's not nearly as much vitriol targeted towards trans men because mm. you have um, Mac. Uh, in the states who has to fight in the women's division despite the fact that he's transitioned yeah and like he has a male testosterone profile he's going through and he's uh he won nationals twice now 
um, because that was his only outlet to fight. Mm. Like, um, when, like, this is the ridiculous thing, when laws are passed to stop at one type of person from doing something, they automatically uh, preclude the rest of the, um, what's it called? <sighs> Community. <laughs> mm. That's my fucking words are going. It's not fair. Mm. And like, this is why I said earlier, like, trans men are an afterthought always mm. and it is the same as how i feel like the lesbian community is viewed like because you can be um hypersexualized by men like it's seen as acceptable but like men have like another thing i don't understand is how do men have an issue with sodomy when it comes to other men but then it's one of the things that they say that they want to do most with their female partner it's like what mm. oh, it hurts my feelings is what it does there's so many double standards to how um, these people think that it's it's not fair at all it hurts my feelings mm. I just want to cry <laughs> I think it I think it's just something that even within our own community, there's still so much there's so hatred much infighting. and yeah, infighting. Yeah. Until uh, and I always say this: How do we expect people not in our community to accept us when we can't even accept each other? Well, yeah, but like then, it's I like th- is it like even the whole thing about um, where like you know when it was very much in the press about trans women and lesbians, yeah, and like how lesbians would. I just think that's bullshit. At the end of the day, if you love someone, you love someone. Mm-hmm. If you're attracted to someone, you're attracted to someone. At but the end of the day, you don't, you shouldn't see someone for who they, the body that they used to be in, the shell that they used to be in. To me, for if I met a woman and fell in love with them and that, and they come out as trans or they were trans, I don't yeah. give a fuck. But <laughs> like the issue that they were talking about there, like it, it is a bit different, and like, I can see where they're coming from. Like if you're a lesbian and you're attracted to women, and then you enter into a relationship with a trans woman, and then you find out that they still have a penis, and you have an issue with that. Their problem was they would be labelled as transphobic because they they judge that person on the fact that they still have a phallus, and I get that. If if dicks aren't your thing then you're well within your right to say I'm really sorry I really like you as a person but that's not just that's just not for me and like I I don't think that um anyone like the ridiculous thing in the argument from that side of it was um that they felt that they would be pressured into relationships with trans women with penises because trans women are taking over the um, the agenda and it's like mm. you can't force someone to love you yeah. you can't force it's like why someone... would a trans woman want want to force a relationship as yeah, well yeah exactly and like if you're not into penises and you told me that why would I have an issue with not being in a relationship with you. If you mm. hate me on a personal level, then why would I stay in a relationship with you? It doesn't mm. make any sense. But like there is so much hate at the moment between like the really really um 
like radical lesbian feminists and mm. like the really really radical trans yeah. like feminists and like both sides like at the extremes are at odds with one another when like again <laughs> 80 90 of the middle mm. are just like and the worst thing is matter. they're the ones that get all the press oh yeah like <laughs> and it's so frustrating yeah so so frustrating like because I, I identify as yeah a homosexual feminist and yeah. it's like but you don't represent me but i don't i they don't represent me like yeah. when these these so-called feminists talking about how trans women shouldn't be allowed in toilets fuck off like do yeah. you know what i mean you went a feminist sorry feminism is about equality mm-hmm. of all genders not just females so fuck off like yeah. and it, it frustrates me yeah like it, it really frustrates me because then people when i turn around and go i'm a feminist and i you're not one of them, are you? Yeah. So, well, yes, I am, but no, I'm not the people that you're assuming I am because of that one word. Yeah. Because I, I understand that the only exposure of feminism you've had is that extreme. Yeah. And, like, there is a part of me that feels like the, the term feminist has been devalued by the extreme. Yeah. And it's, it's, not, it's not fair on everyone else who relies on it. Because... Exactly. Uh, it's ridiculous and like just as you don't associate with um like the radical lesbian i couldn't be further from the radical trans side of things either like Mm. the people who just uh, like there are stupid things like i commented on someone's post the other day where they were like um feminism without trans women isn't feminism and um Oh, what was it? Like, she had a sticker of um, feminism is for all women. And then it was like, turfs can get out. And it's like, well, technically, if you're saying that if it's for all women and you're telling turfs that they can't be feminists, you're excluding those women. Mm-hmm. So how is it for everyone when you're purposely excluding this demographic? Like, you can't force... A narrative without hearing both sides this is something mm-hmm. that i think that both sides could fucking benefit from just talk to each other mm. it hurts my feelings so much that everyone's just like rah 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 and it's it becomes a shouting match and whoever's loudest and dumbest wins it's fucking stupid yeah. but um yeah it's not fair it hurts my feelings <laughs> definitely we've been talking for two and a half hours have we it's crazy bless you <laughs> see I could I can talk for days so I know it's decision chatting to me <laughs> um, I so, think someone will be listening to this in their headphones in Tesco's or on the underground or something like that yeah. they'll be two and a half hours in like probably miss their tube stuff <laughs> or something and be like bloody hell these two know how to talk fuck it don't know but Definitely both females <laughs> talking non stop. They both need to tone it down. Yeah. <laughs> um before we close off, um, is there anything else that you'd want to talk about? Anything you wanna get into, anything that you haven't anything that you wanted to say but we haven't really touched I think on. That I've kinda of, I've just enjoyed it just being natural and just yeah. chatting and just 
people are going to be like listening into our chit chat really and like getting to know one another and each other's views um i think like with with anything like people can listen to this and may not agree yeah but the thing is you can also listen to it and just take on board our Opinion. opinions of what our experiences are and just that's accept fine, that like, we have a different opinion <laughs> yeah but um no like it's been i think what people need to remember though is whenever we're talking about our identity is our identity yeah and that it's like very personal to us so i always say like if it takes a lot a lot of people can open up and talk about the, their deepest darkest secrets and to us are my sexuality and your gender was our deepest darkest secrets for mm. a majority of our life so i think people i don't know sometimes i think to myself like you've got to pray like you know sort of praise us to somewhat about talking yeah. to this because some people might not want to like well, yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like but like i'm again like this is where i find myself very fortunate in being trans because mm. um i spent what two years talking to people about who i am so i have no issues with being Mm -hmm. personal with people because i've already had the conversations like a hundred times with uh therapists with my family with um my partners with my colleagues everyone so like i i'm 100 percent open with people Mm -hmm. because one i'm comfortable and I would definitely recommend to people that not everyone is as open about who they are as I am. And especially Mm. like within the trans community, there are people who don't really want to talk about it because it's not something that they're ready to talk about. But like, I'm very fortunate in that I'm able to have these conversations and I'm articulate enough to put my uh, thoughts together in a coherent manner most of the time when I'm not, you know, tired and shit. Mm -hmm. But um, also, like, I had, um, what's it called? I had surgery, like, 10 weeks ago. And that also, like, cut out a big chunk of shame from my life as well. Because mm-hmm. I had people just walking into my room going, yep. And just staring at my bits. Like, <laughs> looking at my naked body all the time. And like, oh, we need to come and give you a sponge bath. Brilliant. That's exactly what I wanted right at this moment in time. Like, yeah. I've got no shame anymore. Like you, anyone can look at whatever they want. I don't care. Mm. But um, but I suppose that kind of helps because I, I know um, from a lot of trans people who I've spoke to is that they really struggled themselves to look at their own bits. And, oh yeah. Yeah, and to have like just to have to go. Yeah, well, everyone look at something that I can't even look at myself. But that itself it breaks it down, like, doesn't it? Even now, like I. <sighs> I, I still have like body dysmorphia in the um I've never really liked my body in general so I still um what I see in the mirror isn't what everybody else sees mm-hmm. so that's why I always make fun of my weight and I always make fun of how I look because um that's my way of rationalizing my body and makes me not so depressed about it mm-hmm. other people say like oh you don't need to lose weight you don't need to do this and like yeah I do because I'm doing it for my own peace of mind yeah um and not because I'm trying to look good but because I see myself in a certain way and like for what three or four years I wasn't able to look in a full-length mirror 
Like, not... And, like, unless I was in the shower, I refused to be naked because there are parts of my body that I refuse to look at or acknowledge. And it's not great. And, like, even now I struggle because, like, whilst things aren't there, you still have... Well, I say... I, I don't want to generalise, but I still have, like, phantom pains. It's like, yeah. oh, it's still there. I worry. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, everything's fine. Like, life's mm. good again. And But it's getting over that level of, um, like, self-hatred. Like, it's the same with my internalised transphobia. I've spent years looking at my body and hating it, and that's not just going to go away because those aspects aren't there anymore. It's something that I need to work on and it's something that I need to teach myself to um, feel better about. Mm. And like now I'm very fortunate in that like because those things aren't there, it means that I can go to the gym a bit more because I don't have to worry about like the clothes that I wear and stuff. It means that I can like go swimming if I want to. Mm. I can I can do stuff without feeling overly self-conscious about the clothes that I wear and how I'm perceived by other people yeah. I don't have that I don't have that additional layer of worry anymore um and yeah I can just kind of chill out and be myself yeah and I think that's like a beautiful thing though because even like with myself I know that I'm very fortunate in the sense where you know like I could still look in the mirror and I, I look at myself and think God, I'd love, you know, I'd love to have a bit more of a chat. And then I think to myself, what, yeah, what do I even care? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, and mm. I really, I do make a laugh about it and I'm like, I'm happy. I'm a bit of a nudist, to be fair. Like, yeah. uh, if you sat outside my window in the bush, you'd probably see most, you probably see my bush. But no, like, you know, I'm a nudist. Like, it's like even at my girlfriend's um, um, mum goes, she's going to get bloody um, you know, people lining up for tickets for the show, view to nudists, and like you know, even at my. But I'm kind Good of just extra a, income. But I'm just exactly. Well, that's maybe what I need to fund euros <laughs> in the world. But no, um, but no, I, I am like that because you know what? I thought to myself, you know what? I've like, there's like I, would, I always have a laugh about stuff. Like I used to have acne really bad when I was younger, and mm. I have some of the worst scarring over my tits that you'd think of mm. and you know what I don't give a fuck because I generally don't I don't care because I am never I, my job isn't a model yeah my I so why the hell do I try and think that I need to look like one or I need to be one yeah like I'm never gonna be one you know what if I wanted to I probably could I'd just be one of the diverse ones <laughs> for the for the <laughs> normal woman but no but I think, I think it was a really nice thing when I got to that age where I, you know, and it's it's growing every single day where I generally think, you know what, it, just love yourself, like in the sense where just look at yourself and just go every single time that you want to look at yourself and go, oh, this bit, this bit, oh, got a yeah. bit so you like that. Go, you know what, no, I'm going to look at myself and see, I've got some awesome fucking stretch marks there. Mm. You know, I've got some womanly cellulite. And I know it sounds stupid, but it becomes easier for me to do being a lesbian. Yeah. Because the exact points that I point out on myself and go, oh, look at them little handles. Or, oh, I need to lose a bit of fat there. 
I'll probably look at a woman and go, God, I'd love to grab that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's <laughs> hilarious because then I can think back to that and go, when I'm worried about my scars on my boobs, which aren't even that bad, I always think, would I, if a woman, if another woman had that with, and had their boobs out in front, am I going to be thinking about that? No, I'm not. So why no. do I care? Like <laughs> Exactly. And it's a glorious thing. And I always tell my mates to view themselves like that. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's like, no one is ever going to look at you as less than beautiful. And mm. if they do, get them out of your life. Yeah. Like, it, it's not it's not worth it. Like, I, I will tell you now, I was like, I've, I always think that if you struggle to look in the mirror and say five positive things about yourself per day, then ask for some help. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with asking for some help. Just going to your partner going, I'm really struggling with my self-esteem at the moment. Could you tell me five positive things about my body? And it could, yeah, exactly. And they'll fucking do it. They'll probably tell you twenty and tell you what they'd want with it, do with it. Yeah. But just stuff like that is positive reinforcement. And we we're so quick to look at ourselves and go, oh, my skin's bad. It's that. It's nothing. It's that thing of the way the human mind works. In that, um, we're so quick to jump on the negative that we overlook the positive entirely. It's Mm -hmm. like yeah I've got these three flaws but then at the same time you're overlooking everything else that's really great about your body exactly like, again this is one of the things I enjoy about jiu-jitsu because it taught me to um, love my body for what it can do not for how yeah. it looks exactly. and it's not like that's not an easy transition to make but like well you made some of the greatest transitions in life so. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, like, but it's, all, it's all about becoming the person that you deserve to be yeah it's a, in anything it's like treating yourself how you deserve to be treated any transition mm. is and this even that mental transition of just viewing yourself as the person you deserve to treat yourself we're yeah. so self-hatred sometimes and that and some people turn around to me and go how are you so positive and it's like because I refuse to hate on myself because I already probably have enough haters as it is yeah you know? <laughs> like no but like and I always see it, it's like, but I understand as well, us as society, I'm I'm like, I'm on my phone nearly all the time, I'm on mm. Instagram, I'm very sociable, I'm like talking to people, I am flooded by, like, just look at Love Island and all these programmes, and it's mm. women, and unfortunately, and I feel bad for the women on there, because do you really think that it, that they were born that that beautiful, like that, that com- and I'm not saying beautiful, like, as yeah. in constructively beautiful as what society see them no they've had surgery but where has that surgery come from a lack of self-esteem yeah so these women who are all there are actually very vulnerable women that feel the need that their only value is looks and we are flooding them as celebrities and people to look up to and young vulnerable girls because we're all vulnerable at one point as women and like looking at other women and we're going Mm. And I'm not just saying that, but gay men and men in general nowadays, yeah. it's becoming even more that they need these abs, they need to look. Yeah. And we were all like looking at these celebrities and looking at them and going, we need to look like that. But they're just damaged people that we're looking at even yeah. more. And we're going, well, actually, why are we not looking at the people we inspire to be like the academics they're fin- yeah and the people with good hearts and good brains because as a society now we've stopped looking at that and it's funny because you know my missus will go why why do you fangirl these people and you know it's like um it's like the stupid like the stupidest things like i will 
I won't really fangirl celebrities. Like, don't get me wrong, I'll look, I'll like every photo of Megan Fox, but yeah, like that's just because <laughs> the child in me who watched Transformers in the cinema like seven times wants to continue. <laughs> Although I look at her now and I'm like, no, I'm not attracted. But at yeah. the same time, the little boy within me still is like who, yeah, like you know, like. And this is where I laugh is because when I actually look at people that inspire me and like a lot of them come from martial arts, like, you know, like Samantha Cook, Laura Barker and Leonie Munslow. And these are all my friends. Like, and, you know, even outside that, like I've got mates who are amazing athletes like Bianca Williams. Like she, she's a sprinter, Amy Wilmot, like uh, girls I used to go to, she won, um, you know like um she's won the olymp like a medal at the olympics and she's a swimmer Mm. and these are all my friends these are all people that i could message and call but when they message me i get a fangirl go inside me i don't know why but it's like god because these are fantastic females that i'm surrounded by and i'm not just saying that like i'm surrounded by many and they're just a handful of people in sports and obviously us talking about sports but it could be different things like and these inspire me it was only the other day like my missus was like why have you just like you know why have you got excited because leonie munslow has messaged her it's like because she's fucking awesome like sorry she is awesome like and no she won't see it she'll probably look at her she will see us all as equals and nothing more but to me i just think what like you know to be able to achieve a black belt in jiu-jitsu and like do the jobs that she does and achieve and that i just think it's awesome and like Mm. and like she could turn around and go, yeah, but you've got black belts and you're a firefighter too and all this, but I don't give a fuck, you're awesome. Yeah. Like, it's all a fangirl, yeah. Like, I don't care. Like, like it's, it's funny and I think that that's an empowering thing where all women should fangirl each other. Yeah. Like, we should all be supporters of each other and help develop each other, help develop businesses. It's not a competition. Like, let's just work together and be this awesome Definitely. group of women that fangirl each other because you won't see me fangirling celebrities on the tv but unfortunately all the girls that i work with in schools who have self-body images who are slit in their wrists because they don't feel that they can they can live up they can live up to this or they need a nose job to be able to look that good and all this i'm going like oh it's frustrating yeah like these are not people to look up to Mm-hmm. Like they're entertaining to watch, trust me, because I'm gonna say that I don't watch the Kardashians. I do find it hilarious because it's so different from my life. Yeah, it's so fatuated, it's so many lies. It's easy to look through the bullshit and just actually see it for what it is, and it's just a load of people going, "Hey, yeah. hey, oh my god, I got anxiety. <laughs> that's giving me anxiety. Should we go again, that froyo? Yes. And all this, that's a terrible thing. <laughs> but you know, like I find it funny and I find it entertaining because of that, and yeah. because I'm got a high stress for living sometimes i like to watch my numbing tv yeah exactly <laughs> it's like but i say to these girls let's get you into sport and mm. get you into it doesn't i don't i'm only saying sport because this is what we're talking about let's get you into something where you have you are surrounded by inspirational female in positive the same thing. female role now, models look at all us us guys who do martial arts all of us women it's like we are all hand in hand inspirations to ourselves because what we go through what we achieve is all inspiring like you know it's inspiring to just see women going into a male-dominated environment and doing well at it and kicking ass and it doesn't matter like whether you're a white belt or a blue belt 
if you're stepping into there and you're just having fun with it, you're inspiring me. Mm. And that's how it is. It's like, I, and the, this way I think that we need to promote women into just getting into martial arts and sports and mm. or just something that yeah. isn't fatuated with. Like you don't see us in martial arts go, oh, you need a nose job to be able to be good at that. Yeah. Or you need, it's not about looks at all. It's not about athleticism. You should wear your hair down. You look yeah. a lot better when you're fighting <laughs> with your hair down. <laughs> oh, Fuck off. Yeah, but it's not about that, and it's like it's great to just see all of us females look like a piece of shit, <laughs> with our sweat pouring down, hair drenched like up in a bun, with like the end the of the back. competition. We've all got this photo. BJJ mullet because our hair's been ripped out the back, <laughs> and you know what? And it's nice for blokes to see women like that as well. Yeah, and not that a lot of blokes care because they see their wives like it and their girlfriends yeah. all the time. But it's just making it more real on social media when we're all posting photos and we're sweating over each other, trying to pass mm. people's legs, like getting tapped with the weirdest faces ever. Put that on social media. Who cares about it? And these are what girls should be looking at. Yeah. Like they should be looking at athletes. And it upsets me that you've got social like people on Love Island with sixty thousand followers, and then you've got Olympic athletes like some of my mates who have won gold, like, you know, mm. won medals at the Olympics with only 5,000. And you're yeah. like, how is that even possible? Because these people are inspirational. Yeah. That I'm not in... And it's... We hold something as a society to go, what are we aspiring to be like? So let's put it into our mm. children and our young guns. Well, this is so. one of the things that, again, I love about jiu-jitsu and just how accessible, successful women are within mm. the sport. Because like you say, like some of the biggest names in female jiu-jitsu in the UK, like your um, Leonie Munslow, Samantha Cook, um, like Helen Curry, mm. um, Rosie Sexton, um, like Fionn Davies. Like yeah. you have so many yeah. amazing women and you could go meet them tomorrow yeah. and like roll with them. And like they're accessible. Like one of the... One of the reasons why I can't really be mad at what's happened on the underground is because, like, I've gained so much from that exposure, regardless of how negative Mm -hmm. it was. I've made so many friends from people who came up to me at competitions to say that they support me and that they um, admired what I was doing. I've made so many friends by the fact that people know my name, so they're willing to talk to me on this podcast. I've been able to um, go to numerous open mats and roll with like hundreds of women um, who all want to roll with me Mm -hmm. and it's like it's been more of a blessing than it has been a curse yeah Yeah, I had to put up with a couple of shit like messages and shit but that's nothing compared to what I can Mm. accomplish now like the whole reason I set up this podcast is so that I could show women that jujitsu is a, is a sport that everyone should do. And it doesn't matter what you suffer from. There's something in this sport for you. Mm-hmm. Like if you suffer from depression, anxiety, fibromyalgia, like if you have a demanding job, if you're LGBT, if you're old, if you're young, it doesn't matter who you are or what you do and what your circumstances are. There's always going to be something for you within this sport. Um, whether that's uh, 
like fitness related, whether it's about um, body positivity, whether it's about mental health in general, like there's always going to be something in it for you. And that's what I'm passionate about. And that's the information that I'm passionate about um, translating to other women, especially women who haven't experienced the sport. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's what I want to accomplish with my life in general. I want to bring as many women into this sport as possible. And that's what I've been trying to do for the past 12 months. And it's what I'm going to continue to try to do. Like I've got my competition coming up in October and that's already looking like it's going to be a lot bigger than last year. Last year I had 75 women come to compete and that's amazing. This year is looking like it's going to be over a hundred. And like that, like that makes me so happy. Yeah. And no, because like, that's amazing for me to see is like even a businesswoman with um, woman and everything because that's my whole thing. It's about like with woman, it's like the sports clothes. We sell the sports clothes yeah. and the profits go straight into giving free self-defense lessons to women. Mm-hmm. And the majority of them women will go on to join in teams then or continue in their martial arts experience. Yeah. And that's all I want because I'm not going to say that a couple like, you know, uh, let's just say 20 self-defense sessions is never going to make you be able to like you know I've, I've got what 22 and every time I've been attacked on the streets I've just used some weird ass fucking techniques but it's yeah. worked but it's getting that fighter instinct sorry I just saw something go past I think it's a cat it looked like a cloud <laughs> shadow no um but you know, and it's great because I actually like went and um, did some coaching at your last competition. It was amazing because for yeah. me, that was all I'd ever dream of, kind of thing. Like that's, yeah. it's a beautiful like thing to see just loads of women supporting each other, and it was such a nice atmosphere where everyone was just sort of laughing and having yeah. fun, and it didn't. There was no pressure as well. Weirdly, I saw the com- the female competitors yeah. change their whole mentality towards sparring and fighting. Yeah. Because I don't know whether it's because when there's blokes around or partners, it's like, the, yeah, gotta go in yeah. there and smash them up and all this. But it was kind of like every there was like a really friendly atmosphere behind all the booths, and it's exactly how I actually like to fight. And I saw everyone, but there would be the opponents, like, going, hey, you were right chatting before? Oh, yeah, we'll go and spar now. Yeah. And it's like, but if you went to other competitions, everyone would be separate. I ain't talking. I ain't socialising to anyone. I'll go in there. And, and it won't be until you've competed you'll go talk to people. Yeah. And it wasn't like that. It's like you saw, because um, obviously there was the purple belts and brown belt, like, yeah. the, the girls there, um, Katie Jacks uh, um, yes. and all that. And they're all sat on the same bench as each other, weren't they? We're all sat side by side on the bench. <laughs> Just chatting. Like going, yeah, like, oh, God, she's doing well there, isn't she? Watching their opponents all having a chit-chat then before going on and fighting. <laughs> I was like, this is frigging awesome. Like, because that's how it should be. Yeah. Because on the mats, no one's going on there with maliciousness. Everyone knows, like, we're going on there and we're bringing our top game. If yeah. anyone gets hurt, we're sorry. There's yeah. no intent in that. But it was just a really great atmosphere to experience it and see it. And, like, I remember when I was there, I was, like, you know, I was trying not to obviously be inappropriate and get my boobs out on the um, <laughs> photo booth or anything. Like, no, I'm joking. But, like, um, you know, certain things, and it's, like, it was something where I was just like, I'd love to be involved in this. And, you know, just because that's exactly where what I would want to do, you know, 
with what like you know with woman will be involved yeah. with that because for like even if it was for all the women that I coach in classes to go what we can do is have a for you know so this free course mm. of female martial arts we could put on a free course and at the end of it you're going to go compete at this competition yeah and it's like so this is what you're building up to so it's completely free we're yeah. going to build you up to just go and compete in that competition doesn't matter you probably won't win you might not you might do yeah. well you might but win, you go you, you go in there and it's just a nice environment for you to go and experience it where there's mm. no men are laring down at you watching and you know what I mean yeah. and like and but it, like that's the thing like the competition itself was like the whole reason I wanted to put it on is to give women an opportunity to shine mm-hmm. and to kind of take away the intimidation because that's what I always felt at competition like whilst the women there were great um, just in the warm-up area, there would be a level of intimidation of like guys just working out really, really hard, like mm. pumping up a sweat, or um, like two guys literally sparring as hard as they can in the warm-up area. So I can't stretch because these two fuckers are rolling around as hard as they can. Like I got mm. kicked in the back of the head once. Like what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, it's insane. And like I didn't want that, so. I tried to foster an environment that was one as open as it can be. So where the um, where the mats were placed were by design. Like you had the warm up mats that were right next to the um, the competition mats, but they were in a square in the middle of the room. So mm. you had enough room to um, stretch, but you could also just sit down and like mm. talk to your coaches at the side, or like you weren't like. I didn't want it to feel claustrophobic, like you were in the corner yeah, like doing a something. Pen. Yeah, it's like <laughs> no, I totally agree. But then, like you also had the bouncy castle because it's very difficult to take any situation serious when there's a bouncy castle there. Yeah, <laughs> and like the photo booth, I wanted, I wanted people to be able to enjoy um, themselves and like just build themselves up and come down in a nice manner. Mm-hmm. And like you can go and have your like four or five fights but then afterwards you'll go into a photo mm. booth looking like shit and then you'll go and bounce on a bouncy castle and you had a great day yeah like that's what I wanted for the day and like I'm, I'm very lucky and like that's what I got I had a great deal of support throughout the day mm. um by like loads of really really great volunteers and like like weirdly I had a couple of people like decline uh booths and it's like I, I don't know why, because like, are you allowed to out them? No, I don't want to. Oh, I don't okay. want to out them. But like, <laughs> like, I was trying to get some juicy gossip for the, the, <laughs> the podcast. But um, like, so the the whole event uh, is funded by me. Like, I don't expect um, like all of the booths like were just there like I didn't want them to pay me anything to be there I wanted representation for uh, things in the sport so this time I'm going to say you should bring your fucking woman shit down and set up a booth and like you'll go right next to Raina you'll go right next to other female owned businesses like I love their like their brand and what they do and um like obviously they've had more 
they've got a great like because everything with woman is solely from me yeah everything with woman is solely from me and for someone that makes shit all money mm. I, I just have to make it work for what how i can in promoting it and do have what you met I can. joe no i haven't um but i think i'm gonna set you two up you're yeah, gonna love each other but because with <laughs> with um you know with what she's doing i absolutely love her size ranging and mm. how she does all that. But at the same time, I don't have a fucking clue how she affords to be able to get all of that in and, you know, be able to... But these are things where I'd like... You know, I I hate it when people could turn around and, like, try and... um You know, and I've had it sometimes where people go, like, try and pin us against each other because we're probably yeah. the only, like, two UK brands that are solely female martial arts kit. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, it isn't a competition... Yeah, it isn't a competition whatsoever. I, she, their brand inspires me, and I hope somewhat she looks at our brand and goes, "That's awesome what they're doing." But my point of view is like, like let's, like let's inspire each other. Like it's yeah. not at the end of the day if there's no, it's not my profits don't go in. You know our profits yeah. don't go into my bank account. They go to women who yeah. need martial arts it goes to just women who the police refer to me yeah. who need help and it's like so if someone wants to compete with that then you're not competing with me you're competing no. with vulnerable like yeah. vulnerable women and this is where i'm like there's no competition for me like there's no so this is where i'm saying it's like with their brand i think it's fantastic like i love what they make i, I think it's pretty i think it's really nice looking kit mm. i haven't tried any of it on myself or anything but what i've heard is good and oh, um dude i'm gonna hook you up yeah I'm but like obviously so obviously with the kit that we do is like we could work together and help each other out because when you know like the kit that we do i'm very lucky that every woman that buys our kit returns to our kit mm. and I, they still wear like rainers and stuff, not everything else but i'm proud like you know our leggings and our shorts are best sellers like everyone says our sports bras are like really supportive and like comfortable and everything and because i'm gonna need one of your sports yeah. bras <laughs> Get some. but no we you know but i purposely over the years have craft took the time to go as a female what do i need well yeah. i've got a big ass so the first thing i was like was when i'm making fight shorts i want them high-waisted so when your gi pants fall down which they always do you're covered up so yeah. every time i get a photo of one of some girls that will send them in going oh my ass didn't fall out because i had woman shorts on <laughs> i'm like yes it's doing its job like that's Sweet. what i've designed it for you know high-waisted leggings because mm. i found whenever i wore spats or whatever and i was shooting i always wanted my um rash guard tucked in yeah. so it didn't ride up when you're fighting and you know you can ride up knee like so certain things like that high-waisted where when i squatted or show like shoot like my bum doesn't fall out there's no exposure like, and i also wanted them quite plain and basic yeah. um because i noticed that when i spoke to a lot of women and myself included i didn't want all these big flashy things going on yeah. because i already stood out like a sore thumb being a female anyway yeah so i just wanted something quite plain black like basic like you know just something that i can wear under my gi or something i can wear in the gym and that just washes well and you know all the things that you mm. know so our <clears> kit <throat> isn't flashing i'm sure like um because obviously i'm bringing at the moment as we're looking at our progress and development yeah um we're now getting a new marketing team in um 
and then we're going to have more sponsorship packages coming through and with the marketing team so the volunteers who are coming in we're also going to get like some more graphic designers so we can stay true to our brand in the sense where it is practical design it's not Mm. flashy but at the same time like I you know trademarked copyrighted but making fight shorts yeah that fit women because these surfer shorts are Mm. always straight down the middle made for men they don't fit you can't get your bum in what fits around your waist won't fit here so I have have you seen um Raina's like Raina just released uh some shorts that are like the UFC ones yeah um, like like the 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 short ones yeah and like I I need a pair but I'm too big like they don't go up to my side like no but but they're so lush but um yeah like but it's like I, I've come up with one where it's like um, instead of it be, being straight here, it's coming around. So mm. what means is when because you're latching it up here rather than in the middle, it's not you've got more room to put your bum in yeah. to then bring it round, and then the cut is more flattering towards the leg and being able to move in them and everything else, and also flexi panels where you need them. Because in a lot of fight shorts, there's no flexi panels, and you know when you get to that stage and you go, yeah, can't open my legs anymore, like. With that, and then you have to ride them up and get a camel toe. Brilliant. Like, so, you know, stuff like that. I've just from my martial arts experience and sitting down with people who, you know, know how different cuts and different shapes that will stop that from happening. Mm. Um, you know, that's the next thing that I want to be able to do. And obviously a sports hijab as well, because a lot of the women that come to us are from the Asian. Islamic society. Yeah. And my... You know, I would love to create a sports hijab that is affordable. Because at the moment, if you want a sports hijab, you've got to get it from the States. And they're about 60, 70 quid. Yeah. Shouldn't be that much because let's put, even the Islamic women go, it's a bit of material that goes yeah. around your head. It should never be that much money. So stuff like that as well. And, you know, creating ranges of belts that are a bit more of um, a bit more like flat, like, you know, fitting around the gi, but good. Yeah. Because I know it's actually, but gi belts, they need, for women, they should have a curvature in to mm. sit on top of your bum, like the hips here correctly. Because mm. at the moment, have you seen it? They go, Ugh, and yeah. they're like above <laughs> your hip here, and then they forward, and then they sit underneath your belly, and you're like at an angle like this. And, and it's like, if it was just a bit curved. Up here, under the boob. That's yeah. where they, that's where my belt rests a lot of the time. Yeah. <laughs> like, but oh, no, I don't like, if I had the money, bloody yeah, well, woman would have its whole range everyone would be wearing it but nah so you know what I mean like got a mic too too much but no fine well um but no like with everything like that would be I I can't wait for the next competition at Fight Like a Girl because I think it was so inspiring last time it's Mm. you know with it growing and seeing more women getting involved it's only going to get better yeah I'm very excited about this year. Like, it is, like, so this year, it's going to be very much the same as last year. Like, it's going to it's gonna feel quite repetitive. But, um, like, I still have a load of medals left over from last year. So um, they'll all go this year, and I've found a new medal supplier. So I'm getting new medals designed. I'm getting... Um, t-shirts designed by the woman who uh does the jujitsu boyfriend's instagram page 
Yes, I've seen. Yeah, I've seen some of that stuff. It's yeah. funny, isn't it? So I'm getting her to design one or two t-shirts for the event, and yeah, just a couple of things. I'm. I don't want to make it as complicated as last year because, mm. like, I had like a whole load of things planned, and then it got to um, the the brackets and then the absolutes fighting and then everyone was gone and I was like oh okay so we won't do these individual things but um one thing that I was supposed to do last year but I didn't because I'm an idiot and I completely forgot um is have music playing because mm. like I had everything in my car but where they didn't open the venue until late I was rushing around to get everything set up Mm-hmm. so um, I ended up leaving the speakers in my car and then like it wasn't until I was packing away at the end I was like no yeah. my boy band's mega mix <laughs> no but it's, it's one of them though like I know that music scene is like something that's cool and everything mm. but it wasn't missed at all because I, I kind of like the yeah. fact that you could hear everyone chitting chatting and going around and everything and I know obviously music like but music is obviously very selective too and I think yeah. it'll be interesting to see the format how it works with the music because you may turn around and put the music in and go actually let's take it out because yeah. I, I've I've seen that especially with um, some of my class when I've worked with the Islamic Society is that I actually purposely didn't put music in there because of mm. religious beliefs in case they you know were strict muslim and th- yeah like, you know and um didn't want to listen to westernized music and you know it's, it's, there's all different things like you can't please everyone yeah um but i wouldn't have worried about that because yeah. the atmosphere was great last year it's just it's your baby and you're gonna overthink yeah. everything and get <laughs> well i've already done that <laughs> <laughs> No. But yeah, like I, I hope that it's as good, at least as good as it was last year. And then um, going forward, like the only thing that's really going to change is the medals. Like I wasn't, I wasn't 100% happy with the medals that came last year. Hmm. But um, the new ones, like I've, I found the supplier that the IBJJF have, so oh, I'm going to okay. get medals like theirs. Yeah. So, um, but you know better and you're not going to have to pay 115 pounds to enter mm. <laughs> hopefully <laughs> it depends no, you won't you definitely no, won't but um yeah oh should we call it a day yeah. <laughs> well, you look I, tired. do you need a coffee <laughs> no 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 i should be fine right so what time is it um it's half eleven. Fuck. I'm not going to be home till one. Oh, God. That's going to be brilliant. I've got to get up for work at four. Mm. Right. Well, thank you very much no, for speaking to me for three it's and a quarter lovely. hours. No, it's been a lovely chat. I hope people enjoy it and not bored to death by my um, brummy tones. Your brummy tones. Brummy tones. <laughs> well, like that. No, but um, no, thank you. It's been super interesting and getting yeah. to know you on a more one-to-one basis, personal, where it's not through social media or <laughs> watching each other fight from a distance. It's been good. Friend. Yeah, friends at last, yeah. Friend. 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 Sideline friend. <laughs> Seeing you from a distance, friend. <laughs> right, well, thank you very much for speaking to me and uh, we'll probably do it again sometime just yeah. for a laugh. <laughs> just because I know you got more to when say when we pissed <laughs> oh. right. and there you have it I really hope you enjoyed the podcast 
again if there's anything you'd like to comment on um all of the social media outlets allow for comments so drop me a line that is it for now i do have a couple more of these lined up with a few really interesting people so i'm hoping that my microphones stay as good as they have been other than that i think that's it for now um the fight like a girl competition is still going ahead on the 14th of october so if you're looking for a great first competition that is it um the registration is currently open and you can find that at fightlikeagirl.one as you will have heard in the podcast sophie runs the woman sportswear brand uh, go check them out on facebook on instagram on twitter and yeah support where you can um she does a lot of great things with uh, women's self-defense classes and uh, general educational pieces so it'd be really great if people could get behind her uh, but yeah other than that i think that's it from me so until next time love you bitches mic check yeah so i'm gonna try the same thing for this one now as well yeah. So then you have to, you have to make. Well, stupid. like Babum from Birmingham. <laughs> what do I do, man? Well, like... <laughs>